rolling. <laughs> Welcome back to the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast, everybody. We're sponsored awesome. by back Fight Back CBD. Get 15% off your CBD order with code JJD at fightbackcbd.com. All right. Uh, Milton Camp is here. What's up, Milton? How you doing today, brother? <laughs> Purple Belt, Fight Sports, Coral Springs. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today we have Freddie Trillo from the Trillo Academy in Miami. Welcome, right. Freddie. Thank well, you, Freddie. Thank for you coming for having out. me. Uh, thank you. Thank yes, you for sir. being with us. Uh, and we have my esteemed co-host here. Yeah, my what's, name's what's Junior name? Vega. <laughs> Junior <laughs> you, Vega. What Black you belt. <laughs> Fight Sports, Coral Springs. There you Oops. go. There you go. Black Oops. belt. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go through, before we dive in, I'm just going to go over the format real quick because we give a lot of stuff away, Freddie. So... Uh, let, let's just going to give you a rundown of the things we do real quick so everybody remembers. Uh, first, YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. We give away a $50 gift code or a gift card to anyone that's uh, not anybody that does, but if you give us a nice comment, we're going nice to put comment. you in a little nice a comment. Don't, pool. don't start drama. <laughs> yeah. right? Nice comment. Gonna, we like those. We're going to send you, it's a, it's a gift card so you can break it up between multiple orders. You get a $50 gift card from. Uh, from the Jiu-Jitsu Dummy Shop, you know, we're going to choose one winner. We have two bottles of CBD from Fightback CBD today that we're going to give away. Uh, you get uh, two different winners. Uh, really, we use the listener questions. So yeah. if we use your question on the show, you're, you'll uh, be able to either get a, uh, a bottle of CBD and a $35 gift card to the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies shop. Hey, that's good stuff, yeah. man. I'm still using mine, my yeah. Fightback CBD. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, that's let good me, stuff. let me tell you, like, I got the nighttime one. It's the first time oh, I've been the using the like nighttime use. one. Yeah. And legit, better night's sleep. Oh, for sure. Better night's sleep. I usually wake up a lot at night. I guess I'm getting old, you know. Anyway. Yes, you are. <laughs> but uh, but been using that one, and like I feel like I oh, middle yeah. of the night, I'm like, oh, shit, it I forgot. And, I, and I'm taking yeah. it at night, so really love it. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Power Shield from Power X Core and the Triple Thread, the fabric, uh, uh, the additive. Uh, for the for the laundry, so uh, great for the geese, and I know you love to wash your belt. Exactly you? right. Keep wash, keep <laughs> washing belt, man. We've no. got some keychains from Flow keep and Roll. Your belt. Yes, my my skills are just getting washed. They're away. disappearing. Uh, we've got backpacks from Flow Kimono. We still have the kimonos that we're going to give away to the podcast patrons. So we've got these two kimonos that we put the Jujitsu Dummies patches on, and we've got one more. Uh, what is it? Hemp. They gave us a, a hemp one as well. We, yep. we won these at the Jits Kings event. We have one hemp that's getting the the patches sewn on. So those are going to go out to three different podcast patrons. Patrons get stuff, right? Yeah. Pays to be a patron. Anyone that wants to work with us, sponsor, giveaway product, hit us up on social media at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies. That's everywhere. You'll find us anywhere. Or if you go to the website, go to jujitsudummies.com. You can go to the, the contact form. Uh, if you want to be a guest, uh, suggest a guest or just reach out to us. You can fill out one of those forms or just send us an email at info at jujitsudummies.com. I'll get that. Again, thank you to Flow Kimonos and, and Jits Kings for the for the wins. We actually won all five. We went to the Jits Kings event, Freddie, and we... Me and another guy that I was with, we bought raffles. There were five five geese. We won all five of them no between way. the two of us. Wow, <laughs> completely legit. They, there was no setup. Nobody no would have known. There Nothing. was no scamming. Kept on calling our numbers, calling our numbers. We won three. <laughs> not the, one. Not two. Yeah. Not three. Not four. Five. Five. We were just like I started giving That's the crazy. tickets away to the people that we were with who donated them back to the show. We got so. to meet them last night at the event. Just Kings. Just Kings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they were there. Um, we were, you know, we'll get into the Substars event a little bit, but we got to uh, to go outside and, and talk with uh, that was an awesome with event, Jacob. Man. Jacob, the Bull Brown. 
I apologize to Jacob for calling him the brown bull on the last show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he uh, will get into his uh, his win last yeah, night, which sure. was we'll awesome. Talk about that. And uh, again, so we won these kimonos, and we're, we're just giving away everything that we get from sponsors. Uh, we might try out, but we're giving it all away to our listeners, which is really cool. All right, that's it. Let's get into it, Freddie. Let's do it. You reached out to me. You said let's talk about jujitsu. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's just start with uh, you know name, rank, serial number. Where you you know tell us about the academy. Let's let's start with that stuff. Who's so there's much plenty. to talk about? There's so <laughs> ahead, much to talk ahead. about. Ready, go. <laughs> uh, but you know, first of all. Thank you for having me here. For sure. It's I our really pleasure. appreciate it. Uh, I like the fact that you're reaching out to me and I get to tell you my story of how I got started. Because I truly feel that I was one of the first in South Florida, in Miami area, to start doing jujitsu as a cop. Okay. Because back then, I, I can't think of any other cop. There was a few others that started um, with me. Okay. But I was the one, I was probably one of the few, if not the only one that stayed with it. Okay. They got to black belt. Freddie, first. give us a window what, so we can, you know. We're talking 90s, 1990s, okay. mid-1990s. Okay. That's how far back, you know, I started. Um, I saw a picture of you with your coach in a white belt. You look like a little kid. I mean, you look, yeah, yeah. You look, you look really so young. Years ago. <laughs> I saw it on your Instagram. I was stalking you yesterday, so. <laughs> years ago. Which one? Because I've had... I, I I started. It was his birthday. You wish somebody a happy birthday the other day. You posted the picture of you in the gi and the, with the white. That's probably uh, Pedro Valente. Okay. Yes, it was Pedro Valente. Yes, it was. So, um, but I actually I didn't start with Pedro. Okay. I started with Carlson Gracie Senior. Okay. Wow. Who was um, he was he he would fly down here periodically. Actually, <clears throat> before I even go into okay, that. Yeah. Do you want to know how I actually got started? Yeah, in yeah, but I know we, we talked about it a little bit. Go ahead, man. Because they would story, fit man. in. Because if not, yeah. I would have to go back to go, it. Oh, yeah. do, do it. So Let's... we're going to start from the very beginning, 1992. Okay, 92. Okay. 92. I wasn't doing jujitsu yet. But you were growing up, you did sports, right? What'd you do? Yeah, football, I, I did baseball. high school uh, sports. I did uh, Pop Warner football. Okay. Uh, I played a high school football. But that was it. No wrestling in there? No, no, okay. no, no. I didn't even know much about wrestling. Okay. You know, and I only did actually one year of high school because uh, I didn't have a father. So it was just my mom and myself. And my mom worked like, I hardly saw my mom growing up. Uh, she worked like three jobs, cleaning houses all over the place, you know. And uh, so I didn't really have a, a, a father structure to... To help guide me throughout school so i ended up stopping sports to start working to help my mother sure, okay while that's I was understandable yeah yeah so that's how i got started with, with work but this fast forward a little bit i graduate high school i'm a security guard on um, brickle avenue in a building called brickle brickle place condominiums I still remember the address, whatever. It was a nice, it was, I was there for five years. And while I was there, uh, one day, city Miami cop guy drives in. And of course, we're talking typical city Miami with the tight shirts, the muscles, mm. drives up in a Corvette, <laughs> <laughs> broken English. <laughs> He's a cop. But anyway, he was a nice guy. And we started talking and I was like, hey, so what did you do to become a cop? I said, man, just start applying and become a cop. So that started the ball rolling because I didn't grow up wanting to be a cop. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to be. Sure. 
I was just a kid growing up, yeah. and playing football in the park every day in sports. And and then one day I said, well, I'm a security guard. And back then I thought, man, I'm a security guard. I have <laughs> high clearance level here, you know. <laughs> Sector seven. <laughs> exactly. You want me to open your storage unit? I'll be right there. <laughs> so um, so I said, let, let me try out and see if I can do this police work. I have never been in trouble okay. uh, before. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't. Believe it or not, I didn't grow up doing any drugs. I was, I knew what drugs were, were. We all knew when we were young, but I chose not to hang out with that group. Gotcha. I hung out with the group that liked to play sports. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm very grateful. And that's all we did, man. We played, we were in the park all day. Nowadays, kids spend all day playing video games. We never had that. We were in the park yeah. all day. Mm-hmm. So I was clean. I had a clean system. I didn't do anything wrong. I was fine, you know. I wasn't a saint, but I wasn't a devil either. <laughs> so I started applying for different apartments, and lo and behold, I got picked up by a department. Relatively quick. How quick did it take? How long was it that took? Uh, it took a while. Okay. Um, because I wasn't. I, I applied for several places, and finally, it was. Not my first choice, but it was a department, like a gateway for me to get into police work. Sure. So Opalaka, mm-hmm. city of Opalaka, picked okay. me up. City of Opalaka is still, still not the best city, but we're talking 90s. It was even worse. I can imagine. We just lost all our listeners in Opalaka, by the way. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Shout city. out to my Opalaka people out there. I, I love the city. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I started working. I went... They, they sponsored me. They sent me to the academy with the condition is, okay, we're going to put you to the academy. We're going to hire you, but then you got to stay with us for at least a year. Okay. That makes sense. I thought that was yeah, fine. Right. You know, I, was, I was in my early 20s, so I, I didn't care. I didn't have nothing else to do. Fast forward, they put me in police work. Year goes by. I graduate. I'm a cop. And let me explain something to you. Uh, Opalaka is not like you're working and I, I don't want to get hate from my Carl Gables <laughs> cops. But it's not like I'm working in Carl Gables. One year in Opalaka is probably 10 years in Carl Gables. Stress-wise, you mean? Oh, exposure to everything. Activity. Sure. <laughs> I mean, from Activity, the first arrest. From the first day I was showing up to scenes of homicide scenes, wow. people dead. I never seen any of that stuff wow. before. Yeah. Yeah. I never seen what crack was or or any of that stuff. So talk about crash course and learning. Sure, you get seasoned real quick. Yeah, of course, you know that's like a new person yeah. uh, starting to train uh, with with John Danaher. Yeah, you know wow. you're gonna learn that stuff. Yeah, with the sharks. You're, 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 you're with wow. the sharks, yeah. my man. Yeah. So, anyways, so I thought that the police academy would provide officers with the absolute best training that you would need to go out there and do your job, right? You would think that way. Yeah. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, the, 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 the police training, at least in the state of Florida, uh, that curriculum, that self-defense curriculum, is put together up in Tallahassee, sure. up, up north. Mm-hmm. So, well, excuse, was, it, is it the, was it the same as it is now where you get certifi- you can get certified and then apply, right? It works both ways. You can get certified as a cop and then go apply to departments or the department sends you to a police academy that's not necessarily run by that city. 
Correct. That's yes, the way that's it is down that's here. that's how it is when it becomes uh, for for a hiring purpose. Yeah. But I'm referring to the self defense. Okay. That the police academy teaches officers. Okay. I got you. And back then, it was still very much 1970s striking, kickboxing, mm-hmm. the Bruce Lee era. Mm-hmm. A lot of the self-defense that was taught in the state of Florida, at least, and I'm sure it was like that across the world, uh, across the U.S., but at least in the state of Florida, was based off of the 1970s. Wow. Old school. Nothing, yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing yeah. That oh, can really badass help badass fighter standing up and Nothing. Absolutely nothing to do with ground fighting. Very little. And what little they had was pure garbage. Would you say it was like boxing based? Where you guys would put gloves on, put some headgear on, get in a ring, and that was the training? That was um, all considered They would have, uh, depending on what department is teaching you. Like yeah. I went to, I, I've throughout the years, I've seen that some departments do that. Some training places do that. Um, but yeah, it's not so much a ring. It's just they put two guys... Sure. Put gloves and okay. we're going to toughen you guys but out it was, so you can feel it. was boxing, boxing based. Yes. Right. Nothing going to the ground, right. which majority of fights end up on the ground. Exactly. Right. Almost all of them. So what got you into finding something to help you maybe bring well, that this, to the department? The story gets interesting. I know oh, where boy. he's going because he gave me a little tease. It's going to get so, deep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So here I am. I'm out of my FTO, pro- my, um, they call it an FTO program where the first couple of months you ride with an officer. So I was cut loose. I, I made it through that and I'm on my own. Here I am, a young guy in my police car. <laughs> no and partner, you're literally alone in the car yes. by yourself. Yeah, it's a wow. small department. Okay. Opalago is a very small department, so you don't usually ride with someone. Gotcha. And uh, actually I like being by myself because I get car sick. Okay. So I don't like being in the passenger seat gotcha, so much. Gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyways, I'm out on my own. And here I am, I'm, I'm, it's a nice day, beautiful, sunny. And here I see this guy just, I mean, driving recklessly. And so I, you know, he caught my attention. I wasn't really, I'm not really a traffic cop. <laughs> and I'm not putting down traffic cops. <laughs> I'm not really a traffic cop. I don't sit behind a tree. Oh, I got you speeding. Pull over, buddy. No, I don't do that. I, to me, that's... I was into arresting people. I was. I like to do active stuff. Sure. So this guy, he pulls over. He, actually, I got behind him. And as soon as I activated my lights, he turned one quick corner. It was like... I mean, it was really fast. And he immediately pulls over. He just turns into a building complex and pulls over immediately and stops, exits his car... And now he's walking towards me. Now, you got to understand something. Per most protocol procedures, the correct, if you have time, you get on the radio and you say, hey, unit. Get a backup unit. No, well, at least you say, you know, unit, Freddy Trillo, whatever. I'm just using it for example. And then I get into the police terminology. Uh, I'm conducting a traffic stop at such and such place to such and such vehicle. And you give the tag number, you give all that information. So in case something happens, the dispatcher knows what you have. Well, that's nice if things, time. If, if, if you have time to do that. But when you get behind a guy and then you have the air, the, the radio where you have multiple people talking. So you have to wait for your turn to get in there. Mm-hmm. You can't just blurt in there immediately. 
But if you get behind a car and he all of a sudden stops and jumps out of the car and not runs away, it's okay if they run away. You just set up a perimeter or whatever. But this guy starts walking towards me. I don't know whether he has a gun. I don't know what his intentions are. Mm -hmm. Sure. So you don't have time to get on the radio. You can't get out of the car and say, do me a favor. Can you wait there until I take this traffic stop? You can't do that. And this is daytime or nighttime? This is daytime. Okay. So I get out of my car quickly. And one thing that I had is I have street sensibility. And I have common sense. I knew I can read somebody. You know, I grew up in bad areas. And he wasn't coming over to say hello. Yeah, exactly. Hey. I can read the body language. I can see the facial expressions. I can see the clenched fist. I can see the nonverbals coming at me. So I knew I was dealing with something more than just somebody speeding. But I didn't know what it was. So I thought quickly. I looked at the guy. I said, bro, what's going on? Whoa, whoa stop. What's, what's your emergency? If something happened, something happened to you, you need to get to the hospital or something. I'm buying time. Sure. And I, I, yeah, I still, so what happens is as he's walking toward me, he stops because. You caught him by surprise. Yes. I threw him, threw off. him off. Yeah. So I can see the little spinning, everything's spinning up there. And I'm like, okay, so I got him to stop it. I got to continue this act now. So what happened, man? What's going on? Why are you driving so fast? He's, oh, I, you know, he just starts mumbling, whatever. So now I got him to calm down. I said, okay, well, do you have a license or something? He goes, oh, yeah. Pulls out a wallet. But when he opens a wallet, now this guy is a black male. He's about six foot two, 220. I'm 5'9", and this is, I was like 22, 23 years old at the time. I was soaking wet 160 pounds, <laughs> but no jujitsu. And the guy pulls out a wallet, a picture ID falls out of the wallet. Now picture this, guy standing here, I'm standing here, he pulls out the wallet, and the picture ID falls. And it goes up, it goes up. <laughs> it felt like it took an eternity to fall. <laughs> and when it falls, it's a white male on the picture. Oh, wow. He looks down at it. I look down at it and just picture us both looking up at each other. Wow. <laughs> and then no words were said. He just straight rushed me. Wow. There was no training in the police academy that prepared you for that, that moment. prepared me for somebody just Full rushing ran at you wow yeah. just bum rushing you straight not only did he rush me he didn't even want to fight he just rushed me bear hugged me picked me up slammed me wow. on concrete he mounted me this is 1992 there's no UFC back then. There was no ground and pound that we knew about back then. But he knew about it because that's all he did. Wow. He mounted me. He placed a forearm on my neck and he just started punching away. Broke my lips, chipped the tooth, 
broke my nose, gave me two. My eyes are brown. They were black. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I had oriental eyes like you, kind of. All right. Even worse. I could barely see. That, I mean, this was a couple of days later. You couldn't even recognize me. That's how bad I got beat up. And he grabbed my radio. He knew where my radio was. He grabbed it. He threw it over a fence. So now I have no radio. Mm -hmm. I could, nobody knew I was on a traffic stop. He grabbed my handcuffs. Wow. He threw them over the fence. I have no radio, no handcuffs. The only thing I had left was my gun. Now, one thing I had, one, one common sense move I did prior to going out on police work, I didn't have a lot of money back then, was that I invested money in a safety, level three safety holster. Back then it was called a Safari level three safety holster. It was very hard to take out the gun, even on my own. Mm -hmm. It takes multiple hours of practice. So it makes it almost impossible for somebody mounted on you to remove that gun off of you. I knew that at that moment because I'm on my back and you have to kind of go back. Give it a twist. There was no way he was going to get my gun out. Yeah. One. Two, because I've had people critique me. Well, why didn't you take your gun out and shoot him? You don't understand. When you're that close, when somebody's mounted on you and he has that leverage on you. Sorry, I got away no, from the mic. He has okay? that leverage on you. The last thing you want to do is try to remove that gun because he can take that gun easily from you and I wouldn't be here right sure. now if had I done that. So I said, you know what? I remember I was looking at the sky and he started punching. There comes a point where you no longer feel the punches. You see them coming, mm -hmm. but you don't feel it anymore. And I know this because I didn't feel any pain That's at the, the moment. That's the adrenaline kicking in too. The right? adrenaline just... started kicking in. I was feeling no pain. Wow. All I know is that boom, boom, boom. Thank God I, I have a strong chin, so it's very, very hard to knock me out. But I can still get the... You're still going to yeah. feel it. I'm still feeling the, the, those <laughs> strikes hitting me. Okay. I remember looking past him. And I'm not going to mention his name. I'll never forget his name. It's etched in my mind. I'm not going to glorify the guy. But um, I remember looking past him and looking at the sky, beautiful blue sky. And the only thing that kept going through my mind is, I can't believe this is happening to me. And you know what, guys? I know that that's the exact same thought that many people that are no longer with us, they had those same thoughts right before they die. And they move on to whatever world we'll soon reach. I couldn't believe this was happening to me. I can't believe I'm going to die here in Opalaka. <laughs> and, and nobody knows I'm here. Because I thought I was going to die. He was, the only thing in this guy's face was pure rage. He had foam coming from his mouth. He was high on crack cocaine. He was trying to bite me. Wow, really? I, I, I could only try to keep him away because I didn't want to get bit or anything. I would try to turn to my side to keep him from getting my gun. So this went on for like 15 minutes. Finally, 
bystanders, somebody that lives in that complex, called 911 and said, listen, I heard the 911 tapes. He said, listen, you need to get a cop over here to help your cop out because he's about to get killed. Those were the tape. That's what the wow, callers were yeah. saying. Mm -hmm. He's about to get killed. And I can hear sirens coming from everywhere, but because we were like in an apartment complex, they couldn't find me. He got up. He finally got tired of beating me up. He got up and he just started walking away. And I was on the floor and I, I sat up and I see him walking away. And I just walked, I got up, I finally got, I, I got to my feet and I started walking towards the street and he was a few feet in front of me and he was tired. You know, the average fight in the street, 30 yeah. seconds, you're, yeah. you're, you're tired. He was dead tired. And the units, as they came up, I just pointed to him. They got him in the custody. And, um, you know, that was an incident that I went home. I had to take like two weeks off because I couldn't go back to work like that. I was embarrassed. Yeah. The department never gave me any remedial training for that. There was no training that the department could give me. There are different times. It not was like a different now. time. Yeah, not like now. So, where, yeah, go ahead. We have more programs now, right? For oh, first responders, it's, for it's, individuals that have traumatic experiences like that. So yes. I think we're in a better place, right? Yes. 2020. But By you're far. talking about you're talking about mid 90s, early 90s, right? Early so, 90s. So now we understand that now there's no self defense aspect outside of maybe throwing on gloves every now and then, right? With you know, that's your morning ritual, whatever, three days a week. So what did you want to do? You, All you right. recover? How long does it take you to find something that's going to make Okay, so a couple of months, I tried, I started looking for martial arts. I used to box back then, and I was pretty decent at boxing. I used to box at Tropical Park. I didn't like doing it too much because I would get severe headaches. So I said... Uh, I like the boxing, but I don't like getting hit. <laughs> Nobody likes getting hit. But, yeah, not but, it, but the headaches were just too much. So anyways, I said, boxing boxing's not really what I need because this guy grabbed me and threw me down. I tried Aikido, did that for a while. Um, but then um, I didn't like Aikido too much. It was the Aikido was probably the one I, I stayed with the most at that time because I couldn't find anything else. Okay. I just couldn't find anything yeah. else. It was like nothing. I was looking at different martial arts. I tried, um, I don't know, man. I went to different places, man. I go, this is this, this shit ain't going to work. I'm sorry. I answered the question. No, go ahead. I said, this is not going to work. That's not going to work. I kind of liked the martial art instructor that I had back then. His name was Johnny Giordano. Some people in the old school, maybe he's still around, by the way. His son is a city Miami cop. Very good guy also. Johnny Giordano was uh, an Aikido guy. I wasn't really so much with Johnny, forgive me, Johnny, for his Aikido. I was more with him because of his mindset. The guy was a freaking a savage mm -hmm. when it came to fighting. Again, not so much the techniques, but the mindset. You go through that guy, man. You don't, you don't do sit whatever there. you gotta do. You got, you gotta go through that guy, yeah. man. You see him right there. You, I want you to go right through him. I want you to destroy that guy. And that was a mindset that I had never seen, even mm -hmm. in police work. 
and I kind of loved it. So I stayed with him for a while. I started doing a few local tournaments. They call it point fighting. Mm-hmm. Point fighting, striking tournaments. I still got videos of me doing it. I was kicked out of all of them. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Bro, I got kicked because I had this wormy little guy bouncing on his toes, coming at me with little kicks like this. That's that Bruce Lee stuff, right? And he would tap me. And the referee, boom, give you a point. And the crowd, and bro, I go, motherfucker, bro. <laughs> this guy's touching me and celebrating uh, a, yeah. a, a win. You didn't do anything to me. Oh, you want to celebrate? Not a problem. Round two. Bah! <laughs> boom, disqualified out. You can't hit people hard. Well, he's celebrating. If, if, if he wants to get to, give him his point, okay, but don't celebrate. Because <laughs> you celebrate, I'm going to hit you hard. Oh, I'm going to hit you back. Well, then, 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 that's a fight. That's a, that's oh. a fight. Now you're in a fight. <laughs> yeah, because now I started, my mindset started to change. You know, I wanted, I was, and Johnny was like, what, you want to fight him? <laughs> Johnny's crazy back then. Anyways, so, um, so I was with him for a little bit, but I remember sitting in my friend's house one time and uh, first UFC came on. Mm. UFC won. Hoist Gracie. And I remember sitting there with my friends and I was, I wanted to see what this was all about because back then it's not like the UFC today, you know, uh, the UFC today is about, you know, it's pretty much even, it's, it's more about the athlete that learns the jujitsu and the striking and the MMA in general to to step into a ring. So, you know, back then it wasn't like it that. It wasn't organized. It was the first thing mm-hmm. that ever came out like that that was you know just people of different arts fighting well that, i mean that was tournament. their intention right yeah. that was their intention well, to show the intention you know. in the very beginning was not to show hoist grace hoist hoist is is a great guy but let's be honest he wasn't he's not the elite athlete that we see today in fighting in comparison yeah. to what exactly. exactly sure sure and he, he knew w- his he knew gracie jiu-jitsu and that's what it was a right. highlight I mean, right. it was Spotlight. part of what, I mean, if you watch any of the documentaries about yeah. them, I mean, part of, they chose him on purpose. They didn't put Hickson in because he was fighting overseas and he was kicking ass. They didn't want him to come in and dominate. They wanted to show a skinnier fighter just using jujitsu. Well, that's right? what they really, say. Right? Okay. And okay. it sounds good. Yeah. I don't know if it's the okay. truth. I've heard some different things. Okay. Okay. Yeah, on paper, it sounds, yeah, it sounds yeah. good. Yeah. In the documentaries, it sounded it great. It sounds good. I <laughs> so, think it may have to do more with money or something. Yeah. I mean, there was in, in, in Hickson's uh, documentary, uh, I forget what the, the, the name of it, but in Hickson's documentary, he kind of goes into the money side of it. And they're, they're very careful not to get yes. too deep. So yeah. what jujitsu was around during in South Florida during that time? None yet. Okay. None yet. So it was not like it was on every corner. Like r- right. So before like I lose now. track, getting back to that first UFC, the great thing about it, it was which let's see which martial arts mm-hmm. is better suited for all out fighting. Sure. And that's what I was so interested in because all right, we got a karate guy. Oh, we got a kung fu guy. Oh, we got a boxer Street here. Street fighter. We but got a wrestler. The only thing that we knew, combat sports, was boxing. Right. Right. That's the only thing that was really on TV. And cage Kick fighting bo- was kickboxing. so like... Kickboxing. Kickboxing. I think you had uh, a few a few notable guys back in the day. They were pretty good at kickboxing. But that was being televised. Yeah. 
From a popularity I mean, standpoint, I mean, yeah. it was just boxing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's ABC, what we grew up. Saturday that's afternoon. That's what we grew up you know, watching. Watching so. boxing. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that's what we had. And, and those guys were good. Everybody in their own profession were really good. But now it's everything. It's punching, kicking, takedowns, grappling. Yeah. Everything is involved. Now we got to see which one mm -hmm. is the best for that environment. And that's where jujitsu freaking... You know, Explodes. they didn't win them all, but if they had 20 fights, they won 18 of them. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge yeah, percentage. Yeah. They, they were able to dominate with jiu-jitsu. Exactly. So that's when I remember looking at and I was fixed and glued. And I was like, man, I don't know what this jiu-jitsu is, but I'm going to find a place down here. I'm going to find one that teaches it. It was around the mid-90s, 95 or 96. I'm not sure, man. But I found a place in downtown Miami that they were teaching jiu-jitsu. Conan Silvera, Marcos Conan Silvera, and his brother Marcelo. They were teaching out of the Centris building in downtown Miami on a high, high, high floor. And I remember I went and I took my first class. And I, like always... They put you with the smallest guy in the in the place. You want to try out class? Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, they call it the smallest guy. <laughs> and you kind of feel good because you see all these other monsters in there and you're like, oh, I'm going with the little guy. I'll be all right. <laughs> Tie you up pretzel. Like, a, pretzel. like a pretzel, dude. And I remember sitting there. You're trying to understand the under the what you don't understand as what everybody goes through yeah and i was like man sign me up wow can i ask you a quick question that conan is that the same conan that's in the american top team yes sir that is the, okay that's it i started yep. with them the american top team wasn't american top team mm -hmm. back then okay it was it was the, the Silvera brothers okay that's what they called it but Carlson Gracie was always there. I mean, I, I would see Carlson Gracie every day. Him and then his son started coming in, Carlson Gracie Jr., who's now in Chicago. And that's who I started. I was with him for a couple of years. We were a couple of years in downtown Miami. By the way, let me explain something to you. To show you how much love and wanting that I had, the fire that I had inside of me, those that are in Miami understand the drive from Kendall or Ken Hell. <laughs> there go our listeners in Kendall too now. <laughs> to downtown Miami at 8 a.m. Try making that commute under two hours. Wow. You barely make it, if that. So I would have to wake up. The class was like at 8 a.m. I would wake up like at 5 or beat the traffic. No, man, I didn't like driving over there because it's just the mission to drive. And then the parking in downtown Miami. So I would drive, get the Metro Fail, I'm sorry, Metro Rail, <laughs> all the way to downtown Miami, get off, walk several blocks. So it was about a two and a half hour commute, three hours if you're talking about from the time I wake up and stuff, just to go train. That's dedication, man. And here I and here we have people complaining about five minutes. Five minutes late. And just so you know, I am one minute 
from the gym. I've timed it. I am one minute <laughs> from the gym right here on sample. Okay. Right. <laughs> awesome. Driving. Big Driving. commute. Big commute. Awesome. I have no excuses not to go train. Awesome. One minute. <laughs> one I would minute jog the there. Get a nice, <laughs> get a nice warm up. I'm literally one minute from the, That's when I awesome. put the car in reverse. <laughs> so I started training there. From there we moved, they uh, moved to South Beach and they were, they had a place on Alton Road. So there goes my commute on the train because there's no train mm -hmm. to South Beach. I hear they're in the works of finally doing it 20 something years later, but <laughs> it's still not built yet, but yeah. it'll be great to have one go to the beach. But anyways, so then I had to drive to South Beach. From Kendall. Wow. From Ken Hill. <laughs> yeah. And um, so talk about the love and dedication to, because guys, I almost died. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. I would have driven to sacrifice. Orlando yeah. Yeah. if I had to. I would have well, done it. Some guys would have crawled under a rock. Some guys would have quit, right? For might, sure. You know, are you talking for about sure. some families might have pushed you to, you know, listen, maybe this isn't the right thing for you, but you you went the op you went the opposite direction. You said, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how to do this. I'm gonna learn how to protect myself. Yes. How yes. long was that commute for you? How many how long did you do that for? How many years? To South Beach. Okay, I was in total with Conan for about two years. Okay, and, and can we say just just uh, so that people that don't know who Conan is, we have uh, a lot of younger listeners in the in the jujitsu world, younger in like you know white, blue, purple. So they're probably just kind of you know learning these names in, in some cases. For those that don't know, Conan's that the big dude with the beard that's in Amanda Nunez's corner yes. when she fights in the UFC. That's why people will go, oh, oh, that guy, very large man. Yes. Uh, salt and pepper beard, right? And, and yes. you know, you can't miss him. He's always the one that's giving her a big hug or throwing uh, fighters on his shoulders. But uh, but that, that's who Conan is, so people know. I have nothing but love for yeah. Conan and his brother Marcel. Yeah. You know, they were my, my first instructors, and I learned a whole bunch from them. And it was funny because back then, um, everybody would come down um, Liborio, mm -hmm. Mario Sperry, uh, Amari Betetti. There's an old school name. I mean, the top dogs in at that time would all come down to South Beach. Which is good because yeah. there wasn't that many locations. So that was a hub exactly. at the time, right? So you have oh, all these man. high names. Talk about a shark tank. So how long did you train? You said you trained there for three years, give or take? Two. About two because I got up to Blue Belt. Okay. That was, was going to be my next question. Yeah. I got up to Blue Belt with him. And... Um, but then I um, I ran into uh, Pedro Valente one day, and um, I took a class with him. And um, the one thing that I really liked about him at that time is that he was very organized with his lessons, lesson plans, mm -hmm. and that was something kind of new to me. I had not seen jujitsu. Because on Conan... A curriculum. A curriculum, exactly. Okay. And I was like, whoa, this guy's got a PowerPoint. This <laughs> is what we're going over today. I mean, guys, this is yeah. this is new to me at that yeah, time. Sure. So I man, this is pretty organized. Yeah. And um, and then they had... What they had back then was the, the Gracie Combatives, the Fundamentals. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go over, you know, what to do when they grab you in a bear hug from the front, from the back, from the side, whatever, mm -hmm. headlocks. Mm -hmm. And all that stuff was like, oh, I can see how this can kind of help me in my police work and stuff. So um, I switched over to Pedro for, for 17 years. Wow. 
A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> they don't know that I graduated from the Valente brothers. Okay. Yeah. Smaller I, commute as well? To the yes, beach? Is that part yes, of the reason? Yes, it was, it was a lot closer to me. Mm -hmm. Much closer to me. From a two-hour drive to 15 minutes. Sure. That's very similar to what happened to me. I was training with Popovich for five, seven years. And then there was the commute just became too much longer because we ended up moving into Coral Springs. Yeah. So that's a 35, 40 minute commute. Not that, you know, not nothing in comparison to what you did, but this is after working or trying to get there in the morning. No excuses, but, right. but that combative system that you're talking about in the late 1990s is what got introduced into the Marine Corps. Cause yes. when they started revamping their program, you know, when it came to introduce the new combatives, which is McMap, right? Marine mm -hmm. Corps martial arts program. It's, it has a lot of those combatives. What if somebody grabs you uh, from a bear in a bear hug from behind? How do you get out of that? Or if they grab you or if they have a pistol to your head, to your chest. We did a lot of uh, stuff on the ground, basic stuff that, again, it's still there. Kimuras from Mount Americanas, all those simple things, right? So that curriculum, again, it transfused over to the Marine Corps and what's caught my interest in the early 2000s. Yeah, that's correct. And that got the snowball effect going because now... I think all the military, pretty much, for the most part, has some type of combat. Some type of combat. I mean, most of the guys, you know, it was just just to mention, you know, most of the guys that are involved with the show, uh, Janet included. Janet's husband's a Marine. Junior's a Marine. Raul, who joins us on occasion, is a Marine. So I got, I'm surrounded by these military guys. Uh, Alex, who was on the show, you yeah. know, former Marine. I mean, it just this is a natural progression. I mean, you guys Correct. talk about it being an extension of, of, of the, the brotherhood. It fills that gap for the, in the brotherhood for that sure. you, you lose sure. when you, when you come out of the service. Um, but uh, I mean, you guys are all, you know. To show you how focused I was on learning to get tougher and learning some, I was gonna join the Marine Corps. Yeah. I haven't mentioned this before, but I did. I signed up and I was still a cop. I was a cop at the time. I was going to put my career on hold and go join the Marine Corps. Man, you think I'm crazy, but I was single. I had no kids. I had mm -hmm. no, there's no girlfriend back then. You just go out with chicks, yeah. do what you got to do, and that's it. You know, I was not serious about anything. And, and, and then I grew up with one parent, so I was ready to move out. I was going to put my police work on, on hold. I was going to join the, the Marines. I signed up for the Marines. I had, I had, done everything and like a week or two before i was supposed to leave i blew out my knee playing basketball wow now i believe things happen for a reason i didn't cry about it i didn't whine about it i guess it wasn't just meant happened. to be just happened yeah and uh so i stayed in police work and so, you kept training with Pedro Valente. Yes. So yes. with him, you said you were you were with him for 17 years. 17. Now, in those 17 years, did you get any, you went from blue to black? Yes. What was your most favorite or surprise promotion belt that you received? Was it, you know, for me, I think it was my brown belt. But for you, what, with being with Pedro that long, what did you find to be like the most rewarding moment in your training when you received a promotion? When I received a promotion of black belt or, or any belt. Or was your black belt your, your surprise promotion? Were you, you think I you didn't were... get it the first time. I, didn't, I don't think I got it the first two times I, I went out. 
You know, I had the test back then. They had a little test, and mm. they, no, not a little the test. Like Which they still, I think they still have. They that. do. They, they still do. have a very strict, very in-house black belt test, right? Right. Right. So, um, yeah, and I think I failed it the first two times, <laughs> and um, I remember the first time I thought I was gonna get it, and I, I brought my family and stuff, and I didn't get it. Ceremony ended, and I didn't get it. Second year, I didn't get it again. But my second year, I was like, all right, I see how this works. Hmm. Not going to give me a black belt? Not a problem. All you guys that got promoted, you better watch yourselves <laughs> because I'm coming after everybody. And that's what that's I did. That's a good way to look at it. And I made it a mission. I started, I was headhunting any, you black belt? Come on. I was headhunting everybody. So I figured I'm going to put pressure. <laughs> and I finally got my black belt. I'm not saying that that's why I got it, but you know, that's one way to look at it. Persistence, right? Persistence hey, pays. motivated you. That's one way Whatever, to look at it. Whether they intended to or not, it motivated you. Do you know how it. many people I saw, I've met, and probably you have also, that didn't get promoted and they left and they quit? That makes the instructor feel like they made the right decision. Yeah. Are you going to quit or are you going to lace up your boots and get your ass back in training and get better and move on? You know, we've talked about that a lot about deserving, whether or not you know, like you feel like you deserve a promotion from a student side of going, I don't deserve it. I don't want it. Or the guy that thinks that he's supposed to go from blue to black in a year. We might know somebody like that. <laughs> not you, not junior, <laughs> right, not right. me. Uh, but we, you know, we've trained with uh, maybe one or two individuals who b believe it's owed to them. Right. Uh, and and I think, I mean, both of those things are wrong. You know, one of the first podcasts we did, we talked about um, when I started at Fight Sports here, it was a sea of white belts. My I had moved from another school that was closing. I walk in, it's mostly white belts, I'm blue. We go on Christmas break. I come back, everybody's got a blue belt. I didn't know they had a promotion. So I come back, I'm like, oh shit, everybody's blue. Uh, but fast forward, you know, that group, you know, amongst that group, those, you know, uh, those guys grew mm -hmm. New white belts came in, and some of those guys, again, even involved with the show, I remember when they were going to test for their blue belts, and there was a couple of them that were like, I don't want to do this. I don't feel like I'm ready. And I had to, you know, I had only, I was not even at purple yet, and I said, you know, you have to understand, this is not giving you the blue belt because you know everything you need to know at blue belt. They're giving you the blue belt because it's the start of your blue belt journey, right? It's not, you know what you need to know at white belt, you're going to test, and if you pass that test... Now, this is the next step. You're going from first grade to second grade. And, and a lot of them didn't understand that until it was kind of explained. They, 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 they had unrealistic expectations, at least what was expected of them. Right. So we talk about it from both sides. So we, we've gone into that a lot. Again, a lot of our listeners are, are younger in the, in the jujitsu game. So we definitely try to reinforce that. Like, listen, listen to your coach. Your coach knows. I mean, you have a, a very different story. You know, you, two years, two different times, you didn't get it. But it motivated you to, you know, to, to you know, go head hunting. I'll quote you to go head hunting, yes, and uh, and go after it, and you got it, you know. So, so um, while I was with him, I did get to train with everybody. I was so I'm. I got to train with Carlson Gracie, senior. I got to train with Elio Gracie for many years, seventeen years, pretty much. Um, Horian, every, just about every Gracie there is, I've trained with them all, except 
Um, Hanzo only until the last few years. It's when I finally got to meet Hanzo. And oh boy, is he special. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I feel very fortunate. I'm very happy for my 17 years there. I learned um, I learned a lot of good stuff. So, so what did you? So let's go back to. Um, not, we don't have to go too far back, but now you're using jujitsu as okay. a police officer on, in your day to day. How did that change the job for you? Okay. Well, it's, I, sh I should note that I'm now under Tom DeBloss, Professional okay. Tom DeBloss, okay. Ocean County BJJ yes. yeah. in New Jersey. Tom. <laughs> um, and I'm under Tom. I I went under him a couple of years ago because I I decided to, when I. After I got my black belt, I was still there for a while, but I wanted to open my own academy. I had a vision mm -hmm. that I wanted to open my own academy and I wanted to do my own thing. And I was a, a defensive tactics instructor at the police academy also. And Miami-Dade police, uh, police Department is a 3,000 man department. So I was there for a while and, and um, I was teaching a lot of cops, jujitsu, Officially or like, hey, let's go to the gym and that's no. I was I was teaching jujitsu. And how long was that from? Okay, you got it. You you got into that fight with the, you know, you you, you took that beating for lack of a better term, right? And then you start training jujitsu. Yes. And then how long was it before you became a defensive? You started treat, teaching other people. Well, uh, how many years is that? What's the? I, I the probably window? started teaching um, jujitsu. Man, probably right when I, uh, I, w I was always helping out in the academy, but mm. uh, uh, and anywhere where they needed, but I didn't go full throttle teaching until I was a black belt. Okay. But other than that, I was teaching at the police academy. Okay. 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 All right. Um, going back, I was already a black belt when I was teaching at the police academy and um, that helped shape me mm -hmm. to become a better instructor as well. And to reach out and open up my own academy, and uh, I wanted to do my own route, so I broke away. And uh, in peaceful terms, you know, I just thank you very much. I mm -hmm. did my 17 years. It's not like I got it for free, you know. Yeah. So when did yeah. Trillo Academy open? Uh, 2010. Okay. That's when pretty much it started, but actually open open 2014. But I started in 2010. The foundation started in 2010, and I started teaching. I was teaching out of a little place, uh, a little gymnasium. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I had enough students there, moved to a bigger place, and now I'm at my main place where I'm at now. And I know soon it will happen. We're going to be moving to another one. I don't know the location. And t tell our listeners and viewers where uh, Trillo Academy is. Trillo, Trillo Academy, Trillo Jiu-Jitsu Academy is in, uh, we are on Miami Gardens Drive, a block north of Miami Lakes. So pretty much on the northwest section of Miami-Dade. Okay. Right off of I-75 and uh, Miami Gardens Drive. So yeah, and I've been there, started in 2014. And a few years later, um, I met uh, Professor DeBlas at a seminar at Black House on Miami Beach. And man, we hit it off. I, I really loved I really loved his approach to jiu-jitsu, his mindset, the killer mindset, the techniques and stuff. And I don't personally know him, but I do read and follow him. We yeah. both do on, yeah. on uh, Facebook and we Instagram. Actually, we and Henzo and, and Tom were at the, the uh, seminar a couple years ago after the hurricanes. 
that hit uh, Maria after mm-hmm. Hurricane Maria. They did a like a they uh, did a, an event when uh, when Cyborg opened up the the main the uh, fight sports right. HQ. I remember that uh, he w- and and they came in and they and they did it. Look and, and for you know to my experience with Tom, other than just being at that seminar, I watch a lot of the stuff that he puts online and great content. Yeah, and if he teaches when you're in front of him, if he teaches anyway. Like he, those videos, I mean, he's amazing. I mean, he goes through it, you know, piece by piece. And I, that's the way I like to learn. Show me where I have to put my foot. Show me where I put my arm. Tell me why. I mean, I feel like he teaches like that, at least from the videos that I've seen. So yes, he, he is. You know, like an amazing instructor. And he's a straight shooter. Yeah. He doesn't sugarcoat things. Okay. If you mess up, he will you. let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what oh, we need. Oh, boy. That's what we need. That's what I need. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started training with him that I was that I really, really took off with my jiu-jitsu, not just my personal, but the way I teach jiu-jitsu, my knowledge of jiu-jitsu. Because to then, I was based around the jiu-jitsu that I was taught, that I was originally taught, you know, from the Valentes. Okay. And then when I s- stepped out of that environment and I started training with other jiu-jitsu people, and, and, and Tom mm-hmm. and going up to New, jo- to New York, New Jersey, training all the time up there, I was like, man, I felt like a white belt. I had to start pretty much, I had to fix a lot of things that I was Mm. doing that were not really necessarily, um, things have evolved. Jiu-Jitsu has evolved in many, many ways. Was it speed and tempo based? Do you think that some of your older jiu-jitsu knowledge was slower paced, uh, positional, where now it's more of a, it's an actual fight and you're moving forward and you have to pass and you have to position and then look for that submission. Is that... Is that a difference that you saw? Just, I would say, like now, Valentes are, are a different type of jiu-jitsu yes. in comparison to some of the gyms that we see, which are very sport-oriented, that teach point-based systems, right? Right. So how did you take that, right, and use it for law enforcement to better protect? Because your style of jiu-jitsu is different, right? You're, you're thinking like a cop, and you have a firearm, you need to protect that firearm, or how do I get this guy into position? Because I've trained with you, and you showed us positions where you want to get this guy flat on his back and secure either his legs or his arms, so then you can go through the process of handcuffing him. So how did that system of the Freddy Trillo Jiu-Jitsu, if that's, if that's a name that I can give it, develop? Well, um, I trained a lot. I think it's very important I don't think I do anything that different. I think what I do is it once in a while, and every and this is something that everybody that's watching this should do. Once in a while, make your jujitsu session a sparring session with strikes. Just do it once in a while. And that will very quickly balance you out and say, okay, maybe I shouldn't do it this this way. Maybe I should do it this way because if strikes are being thrown, you know, this way that I'm doing it is not necessarily a better way. So it kind of equates you and balances you out, brings you back down to reality. So I do that a lot. Mm -hmm. I'll practice. I would say my jujitsu is more, probably more MMA, looks more like Mm -hmm. an MMA coach. Okay. Than just a traditional jujitsu coach. So when you train with the Valente brothers, do you, was that more self-defense or was it more sport? Oh, it was uh, a lot more self-defense. Okay. Um, 
they're more a lot a lot more self-defend we're not going to make this a valente thing for him understand your uh, right you know what they're you're they're mostly on. self-defense not necessarily the best not even close to being the best at sport or or any of that they don't even claim to be that and that's so, fine they have their product and that's sure, fine sure. yeah i felt that i got i got what what you needed i thought was i needed and I move on with it, like anything in life. Yeah. Take so, the good. So we got right? a question. Take the good, exactly. and you move yeah. on. Yeah. We have we have a question that it fits right into this. So we have Aaron Peter ninety three on Instagram when I when I posted for questions. He said, "How do you avoid becoming too sports centric in your jujitsu while also progressing through the ranks?" And I think that you answered it. I just answered money. it. Yeah, th- this was the every once in a while throwing some gloves and throwing some strikes into your training. You know. So so what about what if you're at a gym though that. You know, you, you're saying that you're a black belt, you're a teacher, you own your own gym. What do you tell a guy who is in a sports-centric place? I mean, it's not so easy for us lower belts to just go to another gym. Sometimes the maybe the coaches might not like that. But what do I do if my, my gym just isn't like that? And it is a little bit more sports-centric. You know, do I just find, I don't want to find another gym, you know. But I, what, what would be your advice there? I mean, you know. You, I would say that. I mean, you should be able to go talk to your instructor okay. and, you know, maybe mention it to him. Hey, listen, I want to do a session where I could do some striking with, with my jiu-jitsu because I want to see if I'm really prepared for a street fight. Because, you know, okay. you know yeah. I want to make sure that everything I'm learning here, it actually is going to work for me out in, 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 you know, I walk out of here and I get jumped. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see what instructor would give you a problem okay. with that. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I mean, I do it all the time. Um, and, and you don't ne- necessarily need to know the combatives that Gracie Jiu-Jitsu uh, has. You know, many places don't even have the Gracie combatives. Okay. But I am quick to tell you, it, you don't really need the Gracie combatives. There's many places that don't have them, but they train all the time. So I tell people, well... What if I go to, they'll ask me, what if I, they don't teach any, what do you do when you get a bear hug? Okay, well, you spar, right? Yeah, I spar. You spar all the time, multiple partners. Don't they grab you and bear hugs in the middle of your spar? What do you do? Oh, I transition, I get out of it, and I overcome it. I go, it's the same thing. If we're talking about jujitsu against non-jujitsu, you're at Walmart and some, sorry, Walmart. <laughs> You're at Walmart. <laughs> there goes Walmart. We were, we were hitting up Walmart to be a sponsor. There it goes. <laughs> and you get, you get some, some crazy dude that's never done jujitsu a day in his life, bear hugs you. You think that you won't be able to get out. He's not even going to know how to properly secure you. Mm-hmm, sure. yeah. So getting out is not going to be a problem. So I tell those people, if wherever you train, if they have a good takedown program, whether it's wrestling, judo, or combined, if they have a good striking program, and if they have a good jiu-jitsu program, that's your self-defense. Okay. That's all you need. Yeah. And it's like the basics of jiu-jitsu. You know, I tell people, you just got to take these basics and start that's putting it. the pieces together. It's a puzzle, right? That's so, it. And your jiu-jitsu, do you just train gi? Well, I mean, or no gi? Is it, are you strictly no gi? Or do you do both? I saw you training in in your uniform, in your in your police uh, uh, law enforcement uniform. I'm, I'm not sure what department we didn't really go into. I don't know if you want to. Miami Dade Police. Are now? Are you mm-hmm. Shout out, shout out to Miami Dade Police. Yes. Miami Dade Police. <laughs> <laughs> in case they pull us over. Uh, 
And currently, did you say you are a reserved police officer? Yes, now? I'm reserved. I'm okay. I'm retired from full time. I'm still part of the special response team. I did SWAT okay. for many years. I did SWAT. I also worked for the city of Hialeah because I we went real quick. I only did a year um, in Opalaka, and then. Well, you said that was like ten. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I did my 10 years in Opalaka, <laughs> and I was like, I'm out of here. So I went to uh, to uh, city of Hialeah, and um, I did 10 years there, and then I moved over to the county, and I've been there ever since, uh, yeah, 2003 till present, I've been there. And when you're training other police officers, you're training Miami-Dade? No. County police officers? or For many years, I trained... The Mi- at, at the Miami-Dade Police Department only. Talk about a monumental task. Teaching jiu-jitsu to a 3,000-man department wow. when nobody knows jiu-jitsu. So you're the only instructor. And I'm the only instructor. Wow. When I tell you that I would have a classroom of 60 grown men, and it's like the Marine Corps... There's only one way to get you to believe in this. You got to get dirty with me. And I would have to roll with everybody. Wow. Most of the matches don't last past a few seconds. Again, it's jujitsu against non-jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And what a better example of the power of jujitsu than that. Sure. Because everybody there outweighed me, outmuscled me, and I went down the line. Boom, boom. Now, this is, wasn't to prove that Freddie Trillo was super... I wasn't super. I was very mortal like everybody else. It's that I could, the the techniques that I was using worked worked on everybody. Mm -hmm. So I did that in the county for several years. But then I also did it while I was working in the streets because I was part of a a robbery task force where we went out on... uh, on um, this is where I really got my meat and potatoes on what works and what doesn't work in police work, what jujitsu works and what doesn't work, mm-hmm. because back then we didn't have cameras. Nowadays, I would probably get in trouble doing for the things that I was doing back then. Not that I was doing anything illegal, but because I was, it was like, <laughs> all right, all right, Freddie, you know jujitsu, you got twenty something miles of. Anybody bad that you arrest that wants to put up a fight, you can practice your jiu-jitsu on. Pretty much, that's what I had. I had an open field. So, and I was part of a unit that all we did was go after violent subjects, guys that committed robberies, murders, whatever. And these guys don't want to go to jail. So they're going to put up a little fight? And they put up a little fight. Test, you got to test your, your martial art. On a daily and fine-tune basis. It, and fine-tune it. That's what I'm saying. You have specific... Your jiu-jitsu is fine-tuned around law enforcement to get this guy either down on the ground, handcuffed, get him in the back of the vehicle and gone, right? I know what it is to have a resisting subject because I had many of them, hundreds of them, probably thousands of them throughout the course of uh, the year. But let me tell you, ever since I learned jiu-jitsu, I never, ever got hurt again. And I had a very high arrest rate, one of the highest in the departments. Because that's what I was. I was a go-getter. Mm-hmm. When you arrest a lot of people, you get also a lot of complaints. I didn't have. I also had the highest, and I had one of the lowest compl- use of force complaints, they call it, mm-hmm. against me. 
because I wasn't using jujitsu to beat anybody up. Mm-hmm. I take people down. What's the easiest one? You take them down, you mount them. Man, I used to do some crazy stuff, bro. I'd mount these guys and I'd sit there and look at them. <laughs> And the look of fear in their eyes, just like <laughs> I had the look of fear on that subject mm. years ago, they had it on me, except I wasn't hitting them. And they were trying to push me off. And I look at them and, um, and I start talking to them. My partners would laugh their butts off. They wouldn't even get involved. They would sit back and watch. Let's watch what Freddie's going to do now. <laughs> <laughs> you want to find something funny? Um I don't know if I mentioned it when you took a class with me. I don't like teaching arm bars to cops. And I, I, get, I get amused whenever I see an instructor teaching arm bars to cops. I'm like, man, I understand the arm bar is a submission in a jiu-jitsu academy. In the street, number one, there is no submission. Yeah. The only submission out in the street is probably a rear... You know, Some a stranglehold. Right. You know, but really, or 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 a kimura hold, but there is no submissions in fighting. You put your leg over some guy in a street fight that you're trying to arrest. You don't know if this guy has AIDS, hepatitis, Take a bite out of your, your coronavirus. Calf. Now you don't know what <laughs> this guy has, and you're gonna put your foot over his face. He's going to bite you, Hard. and now. <laughs> Whatever he has, you just taking that home to your family. But these guys that are teaching this, apparently they've never been either in a real fight or they just don't see what I see because I've been there. Man, I've, been, I've seen some nasty, nasty heroin addicts, meth heads. I didn't even want to arrest these guys and put them in the backseat of my car, let alone put a leg over their face. Wow. Freddie, so you know, like a big part of what we do here at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies is education. Milton said this earlier, you know, it's for the novice Jiu-Jitsu guy. But we're not talking about just kids. We're not talking about just, you know, um, doctor, accountant that wants to come in. But for law enforcement, right? Regardless of how many years you've been doing law enforcement, regardless of how many years you've done SWAT, if you don't have some type of martial art that can help you on the street, then you're behind the curve, right? You're on the ground more specifically. you're, You're probably 20 years behind already. So... Would you recommend, you would recommend, just like you took charge of your department's um, training program to teach jujitsu, you'd recommend any law enforcement to take some type of combatives, not necessarily jujitsu, but like you mentioned, it could be conditioning, it can be takedowns, it could be sparring, maybe even jujitsu, right? Something, they need to take something. Well, they have to have jujitsu. Okay. I think we can all agree, they have to have jujitsu. Nobody nowadays steps into any ring. I don't care how great you are at whatever style you're at. They all have one thing in common. They all have to know at least a little jujitsu. Okay, you yeah. got to know it. Yeah, agree. And that should be the mandatory requirement for every law enforcement officer across so, the U.S. So how did you get that? In? So you became an instructor. Did you have to go to the department and, and pitch them and say, we need to be doing this and, and we need to be teaching this to everybody and I'm that guy. Did they recruit you? How did you get, how did you start teaching other cops? How did you work your way into the academy? Well, uh, my, um, one of my partners trained jiu-jitsu with me and he had climbed up the brass 
and he knew how I was. And he asked me, Fred, we can use your talent in the police academy. And they, um, and I went in, you know, they brought yeah. me into the police academy, but I wasn't there very long. And the reason why I wasn't there very long is because once I was there, they still wanted me to teach state mandated curriculum mm. to the recruits. Which had not been updated. Which had not been updated. And I, I'm sorry, I refuse to do it. I cannot teach you, I cannot teach a cop something that I know does not work. It's garbage. And just because the state says I am required, I'm not going to do it. They had a problem with that. Yeah, got a little pushback. <laughs> and they're like, well, then we have to get somebody else. I go, well, if you want, if you bring somebody in to teach what the state, what the state's supposed, then you don't need a black belt. You need a puppet to do whatever you're going to do. <laughs> so, yeah, it didn't last there very long. But, man, it's come up. It's come. We're now in 2000. This is back in the, in the early uh, 2003. Now in 2020, now Miami-Dade has actually two black belt instructors teaching there. So I don't go there. I don't really teach at my department anymore because they're good friends of mine and I don't, sure. they don't need me. They, they got it. They got it under control now. They got it yeah. under control. What, they're, what percentage they're of police departments, I mean, do you know? Well, in Florida, locally, or in the state of Florida, or in the country, how many departments percentage-wise have adopted jujitsu into their curriculum, into the police academy? Is it, is it, are we still behind? I think are, are, we're still we way behind. Place or are we, I mean, is it? Man, we've come a long better. way. Okay, better we're than still we were. behind. Okay. We're still behind. Um, right now, I work a lot with uh, City Miami. I teach a lot of seminars out there. Okay. I, I love going out there and teaching them. They're embracing jujitsu. And, uh, and we're starting to teach jujitsu a lot more at the academy level. This is how you get, for anybody in law enforcement that wants to get to know how you get the whole department to change, I, f I think I figured it out. It's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. But if you can, if you can implement jujitsu at the recruit level, when they're brand new in the academy, just like the Marine Corps does mm -hmm. when they're when they're going through a boot camp, if you start teaching them jujitsu from day one, and then you start mandating that they keep doing it, and they do it for their entire nine months. Let's say I have a student, the, the police academy on average, six to nine months. If I teach that one student one hour of jujitsu, let's say one hour of jujitsu a day for nine months, think of how good those officers are going to be. Think of the use of force levels, how they're going to drop in that police department. Sure. And, and that's key. That is absolutely key. You said it before, you're saying it now. That is key that people need to understand. If some, anybody's listening that doesn't know jujitsu is just getting into jujitsu, this is about neutralizing the attack, not having to throw punches. As, as the law enforcement officer, you want to neutralize that attack, get him to the ground, get him, like you said before, get him, you know, get the handcuffs on him, get him in the back of the car. This isn't about, at least for jujitsu, at least our art, this isn't about beating the shit out of somebody. This isn't beating him into submission and then putting the cuffs on them. This is neutralizing right. the attack, putting him in a position where he can he's ineffective. And you got to understand another mindset to this. If you have somebody that's never done any martial arts in their life, which is mm. probably 90% yeah. of the officers that are becoming cops, and you give them a choice. Here's a baton. Here's a taser. And then this is jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is not easy. We all agree. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is about being comfortable in the uncomfortable. 
and and to some people you got to drag them in there to mm-hmm. to learn to learn that. But if you give a person a choice, they're going to take the impact weapons because sure. it's so much easier yeah. for them. The problem that they fail they fail to understand: if I take all your tools away, what do you have left? Mano a mano, that's hand right. on hand. Yeah. What do you got left? So that's where the jujitsu it's come a long way. Uh, Yes, most departments are, are starting to implement it. And again, if you started at the academy level and you get those recruits and they start learning jiu-jitsu, they have, by the time they graduate, they have nine months of jiu-jitsu training. Next academy class, next academy class. That first class is now becoming supervisors. They're going up the rank. Within 20 years, you'll have the entire department with jiu-jitsu knowledge. That's how you change it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how I, I don't know if I... And I'm sure I told Milton, but tell our viewers how I met Freddie. I think I just reached out to Freddie on um, on Instagram because that's what I do, right? I want to learn as much the as many tools. Over there, he's, hey, uh, he goes around to the I gym, want tools. Yeah. I yeah. want tools. I want to know what Freddie knows. If I get a chance to train with Tom DeBlas, I want to train with him. I want to know what he knows. Mm-hmm. We have Master Toko. I've gone to his academy before. And it's just show, you know, I go on there Master very Master Toko, humble. the man who put the black belt on, on Cyborg, Cyborg, right? Yeah. yeah. Grand, uh, grand grandfather yeah yeah, yeah. my right. jiu-jitsu grandfather yeah but hey and freddie invited me to come into his law enforcement class it was on a friday i showed up there was probably 12 15 guys there some were law enforcement but the majority the majority were law enforcement maybe right. one or two were not but they were just some of your regular students that might not have been law enforcement but we trained for a good hour and a half and the techniques like i mentioned that you showed are very specific to that very specific so, and, and can I ask again? I, I'm not sure that you answered it before because I probably I went to another question. You, are you training all no gi? Do you just teach gi, or, or do you teach gi as well? No gi or, or gi? Oh, just my, in my you, own, you my own curiosity. You're going to deep waters there, here. Well, there, I don't want to. I have I a question. Wanna... I have a question from a viewer. Once I get that answer, I'm going to ask this other oh, question. Boy. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it, it leads brace to yourself. <laughs> oh, hit us. Go ahead, do it. Um. I would say the first 17, 19 years of my jiu-jitsu was all straight gi. Mm-hmm. Okay. I still have a gi class because there's, there's, there's an element of society. There's some students that like the gi class. So okay. I have, I can teach the gi class and I, and I do a pretty good job of teaching it. But 19 years, I mean, 17, but, 19 years. But um, I'll be honest with you, it's my love right now. My focus 100% is no gi. Because, and I can only speak from my experience, all the controls, all the subjects I arrested, all the guys that put up struggles. None of them had a gi on. None of them had a <laughs> gi on. And, and, you know, I used to hear this all the time, and I just don't agree with it. Oh, what if he has a shirt and you could do it? And you want to do a choke with the shirt, or, or what if he's choking you out? With a, are we talking about a street guy that doesn't know any jujitsu trying to choke me out with my own shirt? Yeah, he's gonna get that close to me. He's mine. I own him if he gets that close to yeah. me. I don't care if he grabs me. I'll, I'll walk in yeah, that's with what we a need, collar. Right? For jiu-jitsu, Grab that's me. What you need. Space exactly. Is, space is bad for jujitsu. So <laughs> I, I the, the gi training, believe it or not, okay, the movements in gi training and no gi are kind of similar. You know, jujitsu is jujitsu. Um, the grips are much different with the gi. You're grabbing a lot of gi. With no gi, it's more body control. And I found that a lot more useful. 
especially when you're dealing with somebody that you're trying to arrest. And let me tell you, man, when these guys commit a crime, they ran a couple blocks or something, that sweat develops like a little oily, slippery grip. And it's not easy to grab somebody. Mm -hmm. So your grips have to be really locked on. So I found that the no-gi training was a better preparation for me for law enforcement at the gi training. I am not going to say that if you're only training the gi that you're not well prepared. Of course you are. I'm just saying that one, in my opinion, has more practical practical use. applications yes. for real work mm -hmm. than the other. So now, now this goes to my question. Simple question. It's nothing uh, crazy. So how do promotions work? So we had, uh, it's actually, I don't know. Do you know Tony Mello? Tony. Tony. Tony sent us Tony. a question. <laughs> Drew, my man, Tony. Drew Dominicano. Mentioned on, <laughs> Drew mentioned him on the last show, and uh, and he's been following us, and uh, and he threw us this question. He said, would you promote a student who doesn't train in a gi? No. Okay. And and so is there a promotion system for just a straight no-gi environment? Okay. I'm saying no now. <laughs> Ten years from now, that okay. may change. Okay, there you go. Okay, it may change. Uh, I mean, Eddie Bravo has his own system. I don't know Very how true. he does Very it, yeah. but those guys that reach black belt level under his system, there's no denying that those guys are not okay. good. Those guys are really, really good. Yeah. So there is a there is a hierarchy of learning when you get to black belt, and he awards you that black belt. Could I probably do the same thing? Yes, I'm sure I could. I don't have it that way. Okay. I think that if you are a good jujitsu instructor, you should be able to teach both. You should be able, or, or a practitioner of the art, you should be good with both. You know, I show up to a place and they tell me, today, Freddie, it's all gi training. Let's put on a gi. Let's do it. No gi. Let's take off the gi. <laughs> you should be good at both. Very true. Very true. They're both completely different in their approach. They're, they're on the same street. It's very different in their approach, but you should be good at both. And in my system, I like to know that if you're representing my flag, that my guys, they could wear a gi or they could wear it without a gi and they're going to be functional. So right now, no, if you tell me you just want to do no gi, then I would refer you to another academy that perhaps that's all they do. Okay, so so your guys in your academy, they are doing. Both, they right? all do okay, both. So there's not a you're not in a in a situation where okay you have do you have a guy that just comes to the no gi classes and then I mean, he's he's expected to do the gi. He's, there's an expectation amongst your students. He he he. Well, like I have some pur some of my purple belts. Uh, a lot of them like my my. They did my gi classes. Mm -hmm. They'll do them here and there. I have another guy teaching my gi classes. I don't. Always teach my geek classics because now I got it where I can hire people to teach my classes. So <laughs> I don't have to teach all my classes anymore. Shameless plug nice. for Freddie doing jujitsu for 19 years. Exactly. <laughs> you so, earned that. So now I, all I do, man, is I, I, I study. I travel to New York all the time. I train with, with, with Professor de Blas. I train a lot at, uh, with, with uh, I go up to the Blue Basement. I train a lot okay. there. Uh, I've surrounded myself with the absolute best minds, in my opinion, at jiu-jitsu, in particular the no-gi. And that's what my focus has been on. Okay. So I may have, I have a few students that love taking most of my classes. And they'll still do a gi class here and there. 
but uh, that's it. They did they did a few years in the in the geek class, and they're just mm. moving on. We're moving on. So we have another question here. Um, this is uh, Ray of uh, Ray of Flight thirty five sixty seven again on Instagram. Uh, he he wrote a lot here, so let me see if I can get through this. But basically, this is talking about jujitsu for teachers and keeping students safe. So so let's uh, I'm going to read this real quick. I'm a teacher, and I've had to stop fights. The fights get more dangerous with middle school and high school students. One specific fight took five adults and three police officers to stop. By the time the second police officer came, the child had suffered substantial damage, and the school failed to keep him safe. I was only a substitute that day, but see the need for law enforcement to teach teachers how to properly stop a fight and protect students. Is there a way to set that up? Like, does, is there a program that exists, what you just described for law enforcement? Is there something for teachers? So that's question number one. Is there a curriculum that schools could implement that would help stop bullying? I think the answer is yes. And I'll let you, you know, I, I know that there's stuff out there. Uh, schools are hesitant to implement grappling sports like BJJ in schools, but wish that a school would pilot a bullyproof curriculum like the Gracie's uh, that can show through data that teaching self-defense protects children. Okay, so that's a full stop there. So let's go with the first part, the first question. Is there a way for, or, for teachers to set that up or is there uh, anything out there and would you recommend the type of law enforcement jujitsu that you're teaching for teachers? Okay, that question there has There's several that's loaded. department. That's loaded. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> cheese and that's bacon. A tough, and sour yeah, that's cream a tough on that one baby. because you're asking: Does the school system have a program in place to teach jujitsu? No. Do the teachers have a, a program among themselves? No. Do the officers have a program among themselves? Uh, maybe, Depending on maybe where you not. Are, probably not. I mean, uh, and or a program that they're probably, teaching. They may not. Or that the law enforcement has a program that they're teaching teachers. Yeah. Right. Because she's asking if law enforcement should be responsible to teach. Right. I, I don't I think it should be the school, right? Mm. They should have a curriculum in place. Okay. Let's, uh, let, let me address it in a, in a different way. And I think it will make more sense, um, you know, help put okay. them all together. You're starting to see more situations you're starting to see more videos of fights in school jujitsu's involved world MMA, star yeah, mma is yeah. involved and that's necessarily a jujitsu school some of them may go to what they call mma school or or they practice ufc i okay. love that one i train ufc hey i train ufc man my favorite oh god really please the, the moment they say that uh anyways um you're starting to see that more on social media, because more people are training jujitsu. By far, more people are training, more citizens are training jujitsu than law enforcement are, by far. Okay? Um, but there are some teachers that are training jujitsu. I actually have a couple of teachers that are training jujitsu with me. One used to train with me, just switched over uh, to fight sports because she moved up here. And it was a little too far, and she's training with uh, with Professor um, uh, the one you just mentioned, um, to, to, Master Toko. Master Toko. Yeah, she's training there with him. Um, and Davy. Yes, that's, that's where his academy. She, I, I built her up from from white belt all the way to purple. Awesome. Try to mess with that school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Try to mess with her. Yeah. Oh my God, I don't want to mm -hmm. throw her out there, but um, she she's a badass, and I have another one that she's a badass also. She, they know more jujitsu than, than any cop that works in the school system that they work at. 
by far. Really? But, but that's, these are people that they see that there is a need for jujitsu and they went out of their way to get their own training to get see, better. That, that's a, the, the first part of that is, that yeah. answers the first part of the question. You may have to seek it out yourself. You and have not to wait do for, it yourself. Not wait for the school. And almost what you said before, like with law enforcement, if you start teaching the guys now, they move up and then they start teaching. I think it's almost like, you know, same situation. If this teacher learns and shows in a, in a, in a fight situation that, that she can handle herself, yeah. then other teachers are going to say, how'd you do that? Let's, you know, let's talk about this. And I think just by, by sheer numbers, it's how you kind of change things. Yeah. Uh, I, I did much more difficult in the school system than in law enforcement. Well, you're starting to see it in law enforcement as well. Matter of fact, um, the other day, city of Miami had an incident where it came out in the news where they had to arrest an MMA fighter. Okay. And it took like six. Really? Like six, seven cops just to control one mm. guy. Now you're saying, well, this guy was a, must have been a beast. No, it's not that he was a beast. He's not really that big of a guy. I'm not going to say his name. I need to glorify him. It, but um, it was that those six officers, it was only one that, that, that really knew how to control him. Nobody else knew how to control him because nobody else was training jiu-jitsu. Sure. So when you have, even when you have six guys trying to control a jiu-jitsu guy. Somebody who knows what they're doing. That's a black belt. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's not going to be easy for them because how do you grab because he's used to, he's used, goes back to my self-defense. Yes. This guy, and I'm quite sure this this jiu-jitsu guy doesn't, it was never taught to Gracie Combatives, but he's a jiu-jitsu guy and he knows how to get out of all these grips. You know, it's not just applicable to law enforcement, first responders, but you also have medical, you have fire. These guys are put in positions with first, any first responders should know, right? Just like, um, you know, teachers, they have to make the effort to go out there, like you're saying, and seek out that knowledge for themselves. You're putting yourself, you could be in a position, you never know. And again, with all the things that have happened in the school systems, hey, protecting your kids is definitely, you know, one thing that you should be considering, right? I had a a student who's 14 years old, and uh, I'm not sure if you were there one day, which probably not, it was a day where I had a few officers, and I didn't tell them the kid's age. And I put him, put all the officers to train with the, my 14-year-old. And he's not a big kid. He's a little kid. He went down the line. Up, 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 submitted everybody. And I can see the cops scratching their heads. And I said, you guys see him? He's 14. Their jaws dropped. Humbling. You will never know. Humbling experience. You will never know, especially now, 2020. This is not about my kid being tough. There's many hundreds, thousands of these kids that that are training in various academies. Oh, for sure, you don't know who you're stopping. Yeah, that one kid can get behind you, and it's over for you. Very true. Very true. And we saw some yeah. high level kids last night at yeah. the Substars event. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! So Jacob the Bull did great. Out there. <laughs> I mentioned yeah. him again. This is, these Amazing. kids are monsters, yeah. man. I wish we knew this when we mm-hmm. were kids. Yeah. You know, so that's what we're starting to see nowadays. Law enforcement is slowly, but they're still behind. Yeah, and they will always be behind. So it's up to the officer. It's up to you, the teacher, the officer. My question to you is, how much is your life worth? Oh, I got a overtime i gotta work 12 hours i got a family to feed i gotta go home i gotta i i don't have time 
Well, who's going to make time to take care of your family when you're gone? Because you decided not to make time to train yourself properly. And, 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 and by extension, you could, you could say the same thing to parents. Yeah. Why, you know, you, if you had a pool in your backyard, you teach your children how to swim. Of course. Right. You know, you're sending them out there into a jungle every day. You know, let's, let's face it, the, the, these schools, you know, are, are that, especially down here in South Florida, a little crazy. Uh, I hear, you know, I have a 16-year-old. She's about to turn 16 uh, in, the, in the high school over here. I won't mention the high school, but, um, you know, I'm always hearing about the fights. And, you know, this got broken up today. That, and, you know, she doesn't do jujitsu. I wish she would. I wish she would learn. But um, it's the parent's responsibility to, to, to get them at, at a young age. You got to get them young. It's like teaching another language. You got to get them while they're young. It gets more difficult as they, as get, they get to their teens. Excuse me. As they get to their teens, it's very hard. You know, I have several hundred students. And uh, I know firsthand when a parent brings me like a, a young girl and she's 15, 16 years old, she doesn't want to be there. Daddy or mom's bringing her there. So now she's there. She's obligated. They only last so often, so so long, because they end up... You got to bring them at a young age. And when you bring them at a young age, you're going to have those times where little Jimmy is not going to want to do it. But guess what? Jimmy's going to have to do it for at least a year or something. You got to commit them to doing it because kids don't know. You know... You know, uh, a jiu-jitsu education is just as important as, as an education you receive in school. That school, it prepares you to get a job. This education can prepare you to save your life. And how many examples do we have to keep putting up there? And everybody thinks that it can't happen to them. Everybody that's been a victim thought sure, always. They were, that it would not happen to them. They thought it couldn't happen to them. There's a there's a great uh, video that uh, that the Gracies did. Hedon and, and Henner did a video with a black belt, a young black belt who was coaching in their school, and he talked about how his father made him go to jujitsu. I think there's that age between probably when when you start discovering girls, like twelve to sixteen, even eighteen, maybe even eighteen now, mm-hmm. because of video games and girls <laughs> and phones. And his father would make him go to jujitsu. I'm actually going to try to dig out that video, and I'm going to put it in in the uh, in the Links comment section and the description on the on this on this video on YouTube. And they talked about his father tricked him into saying, "Okay, I want you to train, but if you don't want to train, you need to tell me two days in advance that you don't want to go to the school, that you don't want to go to training." Well, a kid doesn't know two days in advance, right? He's not thinking two days, right? You're thinking in the moment, what am I doing now? So if he, the day before, the morning of, he said he didn't want to go to jujitsu or it was time to go to jujitsu and he didn't want to go, it's fuss. we had a deal. You were supposed to give me two days notice. And now he's a, a, a black belt, belt under the Gracies. And I hope I'm, do, I'm doing the video justice, but I, I'm going to apply that. I, I, I think doing I'm doing the video justice. <laughs> no. But, we, but I, I thought that, that was a great example. And I, and I watched that as a white belt and a, and a blue belt early on at my first school. I was helping coaching. I was coaching the kids' classes. And I did tell t- uh, uh, the, the parents about that. There's going to come a time where you've got to kind of force them. I wish my parents made me stay in karate when I was a kid and play football and Hi-ya. soccer and all the things that I quit. Hi, yeah, you know, and and I now you know there wasn't. We did talk about this on the last episode that there wasn't a lot of like discussion of mindset. I'm forty. I'm going to be forty seven. When I was in my teens and I was playing sports, if you wanted to quit, my parents let me quit. It's up to you. You don't want to go. You don't want to go. I really that. wish there was a, a they that they had pushed me more. And I don't put 
I don't put it on them, but if somebody would have pushed me and made me go, I would, you know, be a different person, a different athlete. I would, you know, I did gymnastics, karate, football, soccer. Were you a male cheerleader? Were you a male cheerleader? No, I was not. No, I was not. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did. I did a lot of sports, and I and I didn't. You know, I always quit, and then I found girls, and I wanted to work, and, and I fell into that trap. Freddie, do you have uh, a Trillo Academy, Miami Gardens, right? Yes. You guys have a kids' program there. Yes. What, what do you start? Where do you start? What age? Recommended you start, age yeah. for kids. Yeah. Um, every kid's different. Sure. I usually start them around four. I've had, when, with very few exceptions, three-year-olds. Okay. Um, and then I've had some four-year-olds that weren't ready. <laughs> We've all had sure. five or six-year-olds that yeah. were like, oh my, they're not ready. Concentrate. <laughs> but um, I would say the biggest obstacle is the parent. And it goes back to what you said. If the parent is lazy in their way of thinking... Oh, Jimmy doesn't want to do it anymore. He wants to do tennis now. So we're going to put him in tennis. And then he'll do tennis. Sorry, I, I go into my skits. <laughs> we just lo we lost all of our tennis uh, <laughs> playing uh, fan. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll go, I go, Mom and Dad, if you allow little Jimmy to make decisions, to make decisions, he's yes. you're mm -hmm. setting him up for failure. He is not finishing anything that you start yeah give him a timeline jimmy you want to do tennis not a problem we'll put you in tennis but you're going to give me six months or whatever the time frame it is you're going to give me six months of this are you sure you want to do want to do this yes i'll do it he's committed lock him in yeah and stay true to your word and that there is is a lesson and teaching them how to finish everything that they start. Get, get that on video. Take the iPhone out and say yeah. we have an agreement. You no, know? it's just uh, ridiculous, yeah. man. It drives yeah. me insane. Some some of these uh, talk, talking about mentality. my parents letting letting me uh you know, or letting, letting, me, letting me uh, uh <laughs> quit stuff. Uh just want to give a shout out to my dad. His birthday's tomorrow, he'll be seventy five. Happy birthday. He Happy doesn't birthday. know by the, he by the time he sees this, he'll the we'll It'll have had the party. Birthday. This is a surprise birthday party tonight for his seventy fifth birthday. Nice. Shout out to my pops shout who out. was in law enforcement for over twenty years. He was uh, uh an NYPD cop but actually uh, New York City Transit Police Ooh. Department before they merged. And uh, and now it's just NYPD for those of you who don't know, but wow. he, he retired from the, the transit police department. Hey, not um, to mention, yeah. let's so give a belated, shout out. belated and, birthday. And, wait, hold on. Well, let me say, always super proud to this day to mention that my dad was a cop. If I can work that into a conversation, I'm always so proud of him. Yeah. Should be. Uh, he worked. The, the he was part of when he retired. Uh, they had something called the Brooklyn Queens Task Force. It had also been known as the Decoy Squad. If anybody's ever seen Money Train with uh, with J Lo. And uh, who's the... Uh, I'll go watch it just for uh, that. Man. Yeah, J-Lo, Woody Harrelson, they were in that movie where it was like a, a cop would, you know, you know plainclothes officer would pretend that he was drunk. Maybe ha they'd have fake jewelry. He used to bring me fake jewelry all the time. <laughs> you know, and then somebody would rob them. They would video, they'd record it. And, you know, they'd be traveling on the trains. They'd just stay on the trains, go to Sounds different stations. Sounds like fun, right? Yeah. It, it, Ooh, it was, yeah. It was. When he got... He became a... Uh, he became a sergeant and joined that squad... And they were doing a story on them. I believe it's either 60 Minutes or 2020. So he wasn't on, in the story because he kind of came into the department as they were, uh, you know, already already filming. And they were getting in trouble for what, you know, people were suing the department for entrapment. So they went from the decoy uh, squad. They called it the decoy squad. And they they renamed it the Brooklyn Queens Task Force. And they never stopped it. They got in trouble. <laughs> they were supposed to stop it. They never stopped. So they would travel from Brooklyn and Queens. And, and you know, they'd be in a van, go to different stations, go yeah, down yeah, to the subway. And so always super proud of my dad. And, and it's one of the reasons. 
reasons why we, you know, uh, we, we, we started a foundation, the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation, where we're going to pay, we're raising money to pay for one full year of jiu-jitsu training for a veteran, a first responder, so police, fire, medics, EMS. you know, EMS, yes. right, uh, and children in need. So we're, we're working on that now. We started a GoFundMe. We've been raising some money. It's doing pretty well. So that's out there. That's in the comment section. Uh, uh, the link is in the comment section. We'll have it on screen as well. We had some guys uh, so, do a video for that, so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guys yeah. Video. Junior and I did a, a good <laughs> GoFundMe video, which uh, which Bo cut together. So that's out there, guys. So so please support. Uh, so again, I wanted to give my dad that shout out. I'm going to go through a little bit of housekeeping, but we're not done, Freddie. So, um, wait, wait, wait. You know, what? Go shout ahead. out, man. Belated oh. birthday. Belated birthday, Freddie oh, Trello, Freddy, man. I'm sorry, man. Freddy, what are you talking right? about? He spent, yesterday, right? he spent the day wow. with Freddie at Substars yeah. watching some fights. I mean, we had a good time. Thank you for joining us. Looked this good, Freddie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 35. No, I'm just kidding. So happy belated birthday. I'm, right? a, I'm up birthday. there, but listen, I feel good, man. I, I, no shame. I actually, I'm 52, and uh, I feel good. But it's because more than just jujitsu, I eat well, I exercise. I, I maintain a healthy lifestyle. And yeah, I train jiu-jitsu just about every day. And when I say every day, I don't mean I go out there and I bust my, you know, get beat up every day. But just a little training every day goes a long way. Yeah. For sure. Even if it's just a light roll, mm. even with a white belt. How do you feel about your students watching videos? We talk about this a lot. I'm curious. You know, like what I, videos? Jujitsu videos online. Going to look for moves themselves. Awesome. You, yeah. Right. Good. Yes. And absolutely. You, and you put out a bunch of videos. What's your, what's your YouTube uh, channel? Do you... Trillo Jujitsu Academy. I have a lot of videos, but uh, man, these videos that that they're putting out there, BJJ Fanatics is putting out some. In my opinion, the absolute best instructionals yeah. on whatever you want. I mean, that Henzo Gracie crew is, they've all got videos. As a matter of fact, uh, they're not just uh, them, uh, others. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know they they're, they go across the board. They, yeah. they get the best of the best in, in very Marcelo specific Marcelo just came out with one. I saw I saw that today. I saw him. Uh, That's amazing, bro. And, 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 and let me tell you something, guys. These guys aren't just, um, people think they're secret jujitsu. No. What they're putting on these videos, and this is a shout out to, I guess, to BJJ Fanatics or whatever. But what they're putting sponsors, out, what they're putting out there, <laughs> is what they're actually doing. Yeah, yeah. Last night when we saw Gordon Ryan, and I, I only not only did I see it in Gordon's, I saw it in All Ethan's, uh, Nick, Nick Rod, Natalia, um, little Nikki Ryan. I saw them all doing stuff that they teach. All of them. Uh, and I think it was the you or the guy yeah. that was sitting next we were to me. talking about their systems. I got the guy's name that was sitting next to me. Ricardo. I, I, I was looking at because I study these videos like nonstop. It's all I do all day. I, I, I watch these videos and I was telling him, okay, you see what he's doing now? Now he's going to do this. Now he's going to do that. Now, And it's like one step. Everything I saw in those videos, they were doing. And I think you made the comment, it, it, and maybe we made it as a group. I, I, I believe you made the comment how effortless it looked because they drill it because it's so it's second nature to them. That it was kind of yeah, and again, I think you said something along the lines like it's a trap there. It's a, it's he, a whole he set up. <laughs> it's a it's, trap system. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 doing exactly what they're supposed to be. They you're going exactly, you're fighting it, yeah. and you're going, you're falling right into every one of the little traps. It's combinations, you. and you know, I'm not on the inside of that of that crew. Mm. You know, I'm, mm. I'm just Freddie Trillo here in Miami, Florida, but I can see it, and I studied it enough to know. You know, we've been doing jujitsu for many years, and I can, can see, see it coming. I, I can see the pattern. I see that they have a step, a combination of steps to fo follow ups for everything. 
they do this, you do this, they do this, you do this, they do this. And so you're always steps step, behind. Uh, yeah, once one or two one, They're always ahead of you. One of the, again, made this comment last night, I'll say it here, one of the best Joe Rogan podcasts is the breakdown of the fight between Gordon Ryan and uh, Roberto Cyborg by um, Danaher. Danaher. By Danaher. Watch that. If you dig that out, yeah. it, 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 you can just, there's yeah. uh, there's he cuts of that video where yeah, he just analyzes that tape yeah. and he's going, stop, rewind, look at where his foot is, look what he's doing. I mean, it's exactly that. It's it, he, They show you how it's just a trap and, and you fall into it yeah. every time. Every one of those guys fell into those traps last night, man. Yeah, so it was a good show. That was a good show. We're yeah. going to talk about that a little bit more. Let me get to some housekeeping out of the way. Yeah. But we got some more questions for you. We do a little round, uh, 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 a speed round of Throw questions. Them. So, so let's just Give get me. some housekeeping out of the way, some of our stuff here. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, the stuff that we're giving away, uh, the artwork that we've given away. This is going to go out this Love week to that. James Fisher. Diane, that's one of our This is Diane, yes, Diane. Uh, Diane Portwood. She's Beautiful. an artist. Uh, she's uh, She trains with, uh, with Drew, who's the director of operations. For Substars, he introduced her to us. She came on the show. She donated this for our, our Patreon, podcast patron program, which you can go to patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies to join. Uh, you could support us with as little as $5 a month, and you're entered to win really cool stuff like this, the geese, uh, you know, care packages, all the stuff that you see on the tables, all stuff that goes into the hands of our listeners and our podcast patrons. But the patrons are entered to win at least $100 worth of gear, what you see here, or a gift card to the jujitsudummies.shop, jujitsudummies.shop, uh, which you can also find on jujitsudummies.com. Just hit the shop tab. So every single month we're giving away swag. This month we gave away five tickets to Substars. Thank you to Alex and Drew for, for letting us give that away. We gave away five tickets to uh, general admission tickets last night to the event. And that went to Roberto Santiago, who is one of our podcast patrons. Uh, Damien Soto, Chuck Reddor, uh, CJ Carroll, Mission 22, James Fisher, all podcast patrons, all people who help support the show. Thank you so, guys so much. So huge, huge shout out. But get in on that program, yeah. man. I'm telling you, I mean, for five dollars to pretend every one of those guys has won something well over a hundred bucks. She sells this, this artwork. I think she said for this piece is 150 bucks. Yeah. This is a she. There's a larger version of this, and then she does. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Like, like a print, a yeah. smaller print. Uh, again, and you will give away all the the swag that you see up here from from Flow Kimonos as, uh, as well. But uh, get on Patreon.com and and just search us out. Um, let's also talk about the Jujitsu Dummies Foundation. We just mentioned that you can find it on IG at the JJD Foundation on Twitter at the JJ Dummies FDN. Gets a little confusing with all these crazy names. The GoFundMe's in the uh, in the description here. And uh, hopefully we'll be giving away our first scholarship in the next couple of months. We've, we've raised a little bit of money there, and uh, it's going to go to a good cause. Okay. Uh, shout out to Fightback CBD. Code JJD, 15% off at fightbackcbd.com. They got some new products mm -hmm. out there. Go to their website. Check them out. Yes, very, very cool. Uh, he he has like a- A he, bigger uh, bottle, yeah. A, a, a larger dosage yes. of actual CBD. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, again, podcast store, jujitsudummies.shop. Get 10% off with Dummies Pod 14, with code Dummies Pod 14. And shout out to Power X Core underscore LLC on Instagram. Thank you for the care package. 
We're going to continue to give this stuff away that you see on the table. We've got the triple threat and we've got the power shield. I used the power shield after training, sprayed on my hands, my arms, my face. Start glistening. Uh, yeah, yes. Oh, oh, shiny. Start glistening. They, they take video of me. We put on slow-mo on the internet. <laughs> hey, show them those, so, show them those uh, kimono grips, oh, man. We're and, testing uh, these and, things and out. big shout out to... Uh, I reached out to the guy at uh, at Kimono Grips. For, forgive me, I, I don't remember his name, but we spoke through Instagram. Uh, this is a really cool uh, setup where you can train your grips. Now it's kind of funny, and we're, we're going to do a little test, and, we, and you and I are both going to kind of come back on and do a little review. For sure. I just got it yesterday, so I haven't even used it yet. Just got it last night. Um, it was funny because I'm talking to him on Instagram, and he's like, "Didn't I send you one already?" And I said, "No, man. You know, no, I just." You know, I'd love to get one, and and he hooked me up. Must think and our dummies are both, yeah, we're yeah, both the same. I, I think he thought we're we were pulling dummies. a fast one because it turned out that you won one of these. <laughs> I did in one of the contests they did did on Instagram, did. and we didn't know, we didn't discuss it. So what I'm going to ask of you is to go, you know, check this out. I don't know if you want to check that out or see what you I like think it. Of it. Yeah, um, talked about we're improving gonna, grips. We're there. gonna, yeah, we're gonna, Listen. we're gonna. Both test it out, come back, we'll talk about it a little bit. Maybe you take some video yeah, in the, yeah, in the sure. gym. Definitely helps my no gi yeah, grip. Yeah, right. So yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna test that out and, and we're gonna come back Absolutely. and I, I promised him that awesome. we would uh we'd give him our feedback on the show. So um okay, so those are all our our, our shout outs and and our housekeeping. Freddie, do you have anybody that you wanna give a shout out to? Uh, sponsors, anybody you work with, a uh, cool student, anybody got anything going on? This is the time. <laughs> well, you know, I uh, I teach at my academy. I also teach uh, part-time at uh, the Goat Shed. I don't know if you guys heard of that. That's, yes, yes, we have. Uh, We've seen some interesting posting uh, from them in, in, the, in, the, in the very know, recent past. I, I don't know, know if we want to get into that. I don't think we do. I don't want to get into that. that has Go to check do, them out. That has to do with Asim Goat Shed and whoever else. Okay. It doesn't uh, do with me. We'll just say go on Instagram and uh, I don't know the exact handle, but... Uh, but search for Goat Shed and Goat just Shed check out Academy, some of the videos. Right? No, he's got a good thing going on. Yeah. There. He's got a good academy. Yeah. He's, uh, it's, it's like a fight school. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I go in there and I teach the, I'll teach a jiu-jitsu class every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 p.m. What's that owner's hey, you, name you over there? Asim. Asim. I stopped you, by. You stopped by, right? Yeah, yeah I yeah. stopped by, but I just stopped by at a random time. I'm not sure what I was doing. I was coming back from the beach or something. I stopped, poked yeah, my I head in there. Picture. Yeah, I poked my head in there. Um, happened to catch uh, one of the, one of his fighters was in there. Trains at Wagner's as well, Danny. Um, yes. But I seen wasn't there, man. So I'll definitely stop by again. And try to. It's got a lot of fighters there, man. Yeah. A lot of UFC guys stop by. Yeah. But a good looking location, man. Oh, man. Yeah, he's, he's killing it. Nice there, mats, nice cage. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else you want to shout out? Um, my instructor, Professor Tom DeBlas. You know, Very I'm cool. out here. I, I, my, my academy. Let's go. Let's get you on the show, Tom. <laughs> my academy <laughs> is that up, a, <laughs> my academy is an affiliate of his. Yes. So um, I know that I'm also part of. Um, was it um, BJJ Surf? Those guys, they Globe Trotters or something. I'm part BJJ of BJJ Globe Trotters is Globe Trotters. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm part of that. Where if anybody's in that group, they can come train. If nice. they're if they're in Miami, come train. Awesome. You know. Every Friday, every Friday, 9 a.m., I have a regular jiu-jitsu class, but it's open for any law enforcement. Anybody that's in law enforcement that wants to come in and try okay. out the class, that's very they're cool. welcome to come try out a class with me. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do, I, I switch it up, man. Some, day, some days I'll do weapons defense. Some days I'll do sport jiu-jitsu. Some days I do street jiu-jitsu. I actually that that in, you, you mentioned that the other day uh, that I, I believe when you were talking about that he teaches 
self-defense and yes. protecting your firearm. Yes. I am new to the concealed carry. I, again, the son of a police officer, never touched a gun until I was in my late thir- oh, no early 40s. As my, my first BJJ coach actually took me. I think it was the first time I ever fired a gun uh, and have since gotten my license. And But uh, th- that definitely interests me. So uh, hopefully maybe I can reach out and, and come down and, and yeah. maybe uh, you know, get in some training. Uh, I've learned... I've- I've put in the stuff that I learned. I, I, when I was uh, an when I was at the police academy teaching, we used to um, the um, the training unit there, the training site itself mm-hmm. used to be shared with uh, U.S. Southern Command, Southcom or something, which is okay. in Doral. Yeah. yeah. So we had a lot of military guys mm-hmm. coming by, and a lot of special ops guys, not just the uh, regular, but the special yep. forces guys mm-hmm. from different units. And uh, I got to train, you know, I got to take a lot of, you know, I would walk in on their classes inside the, hey, can I join in with you guys? Yeah, man, join in. So I got, uh, I love training with the Israelis in the Krav Maga. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, bro. Some serious Okay, not every technique that they teach I like, but that's like Mm -hmm. anything. Sure. Uh, But their mindset, I was like, I like these guys. I'm going to take you out. See him right there. <laughs> I love that mindset, man. I'm a SWAT guy, you yeah, know. I yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I picked up a lot of their a lot of my handgun retentions is is from them. I picked up a lot of it from them, and then I mix in. You know, you take a little mm. bit from everywhere. Like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Bruce you take, Lee, take you what take what you. Bruce Lee was on point, man. That guy was brilliant. Mm. Um, he take take what you feel you want, you you feel that you can use, and then go with it. And, and get and rid of what, what doesn't work for you. Of course. You know, that, Every art was great for what they were created for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so one thing that we didn't do, let, let's uh, let's quickly go over the, what do you think of the Substars event? We didn't really talk too much about it. Overall, the experience, uh, you know, good show? Did you yeah, like man. The show? I thought it was great. I like I like the yeah. way they put it on, Freddie. It's, uh, man, they always put on a good show. Yeah. I, I love the fact that they're doing these more. I've noticed it more and more. Um, Alex is one of the... The main guys, right? Yeah, he's and, the, and, and he's and the owner, owner and founder. Yeah, man, what Alex is doing work. is amazing. Yeah. I'm a Marine, I believe. He's Correct. a Marine. Yeah, he was on our last show, yeah, yeah episode he's, 13. He's awesome. I really like him, yeah. man. He seems like a really, really nice guy. I stepped out during the sumo. I stepped out right before, so I didn't watch it. Thoughts on the sumo portion? Okay. Um, Honestly, it's okay. You know, I, I'll be honest, honest with feedback. you. It was a learning... Uh, they, those guys are really, 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 really good at what they do. Yeah. And that rule set, you could bring any wrestler in there and they won't do too well under that yeah. rule set because yeah. it's different. Unless you study that rule Correct. set, yeah. Correct. it's different. He, he talked about, Alex talked about, he felt like, uh, and I guess that he has a sponsor that uh, is, a, I believe, a former NFL player. He felt like that defensive tackle style is, hand movement that is true it w- was a good fit for that i don't think it worked out they walked into this ufc you know the whatever i don't don't think they did anything with the ufc but with these specific fighters uh and, and it, it was a good fit i didn't see it so i can't really right. comment on it uh i think uh, most people said it was kind of funny when they fought the ufc guys right and, and then you really got to see the two sumo guys go head to head which again i didn't see but I think at one point the the, the big guy picked up uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson and actually yeah. physically put him out put of bounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought it was entertaining. 
Yeah. I don't think it was fair. Like, I didn't get much out of it watching the the real sumo guys against our athletes mm -hmm. our, from our sport. Yeah. I don't think that was fair, and that wasn't really entertaining to me. Yeah. But I would have been more sumo. entertained in actually watching the two sumo guys do the sumo going thing. Go. The sumo thing. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were freaking So maybe they, it, maybe bro. so your advice might be like, hey, listen, get four sumo guys next time. Don't uh, make you know it, the celebrity uh, side was was good. I think the overall feedback that I that I got from people that were talking about it was like it was it was they liked it. Yeah. yeah. And it was funny. And it was it, different. And, and it did accomplish and you know, hopefully it does continue to accomplish what Alice wanted to accomplish, which was to get a different set of eyeballs, maybe watch coming to a jujitsu event, and almost for that boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife of the fighter of somebody who trains jujitsu. Like if I brought my wife, right. she would might be entertained more by the sumo than watching the jujitsu because she doesn't understand it. Exactly. When they go to the ground, what are these guys doing? They're laying on top of each other. This isn't fun. Yeah. I think a non-jujitsu person has that perspective on it my dad huge boxing fan he is getting into the ufc now he's getting into uh mma more and more and he's, he's getting into the, the ufc he's, he's getting, getting into, into the, the ufc <laughs> <laughs> he's not getting physically uh he every time they go to the ground and he's like ah man you know why are these guys laying on top of each yeah. other and i'm sitting there like oh you don't know what you don't even know what if you really understood what's going on there and the talent that he's yeah, a trap the talent that but you know guys like that might be more entertained by the sumo sure. and, and give them a reason to come out. So yeah. I, I think he's going to continue to kind of play with that a little bit. I liked I it. Do, yeah. I, I like, I like Overall, the old martial art thing, the, the, the samurai, drum, the, the drums. drums. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. But yes, it would have made it more, I would have been more, when I actually, I was looking forward to, to watching the two su actual sumo guys yeah. going at it more than the, and I think Anthony Rumble Johnson, he's, he, he spoke very well. And what he said in that show was amazing. Let's not laugh at this. This is their lifestyle. This is yeah. what they do. This is their part of their culture. Sure. So none of this is really funny for them. This is their lives. Yeah. And let's uh, respect it a little bit. And I think he was on dead on point. And I'm so happy. Anthony, I, I, I really love that you said that. I, I, I've, I love that. I think again, uh, and you know, I, I think I'm going to get the pay per view just to, to watch everything and see the fights that I miss, including the sumo. But that might be a good suggestion. It's like, hey, just bring in a bunch of sumo guys. Yeah, that's you know, it. I, I get the celebrity side and getting the names on the card, but I think some of those guys would have could have actually done jujitsu and could've, could could have actually competed against oh, each man, other. That little in guy, jujitsu, ta 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 Takashi, 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 I believe. Dude, that guy's base, incredible incredible mm -hmm. base i'm not saying they can transition to fighting that's a whole other level but the base itself listen that's the first time i saw it i'm sure it was the first yeah. time you guys saw it, it. was the first for me too i thought it was entertaining <laughs> yeah but like you yeah. said i would have rather have seen the two sumo guys more of that maybe and, put four guys and and down the two yeah. because they and, were they were pretty pretty fast matches notable fights anything that stood out to you no, I thought they were all great. Yeah. I thought uh, the Votto fight was awesome with Cyborg. Yeah. That was yeah. a great fight at the end um, yeah. to finish that up. Uh, Gordon Ryan, awesome fight. Um, Jacob the yeah. Bull did amazing. Jacob the Bull. Came yeah, in from was, California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great that, job. That kid, white on rice. I told yeah. I told you guys, he gets he gets Brilliant. on his guy, man, and he's just like, he doesn't let go. He's Wagner's, relentless. Wagner's fight, I just, I, yeah. I enjoy the way he fights. Mm -hmm. Very aggressive, Wagner's very, you know, beast, get the man. business done. Any standouts to you? Any, any standout fights? Um, 
I love watching Wagner. I've actually yeah. trained with him a few times, and he is, he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I love his, I love his mindset too. He's yeah. he goes at you. you yeah. Know? So I love watching him, and of course Gordon. Yeah. I mean, there's no denying. He just makes it look so easy. Purpose, yeah. But what people don't understand is the amount of hours that he puts yeah. in. Yeah. He does what most people won't do so that he can get the results that most people won't ever have. For Again, sure. I think the word I'd use for him is effortless. Yes. He makes it look effortless. Like he, but I saw all of this morning, he was like, easy money. They go in there. I mean, the yeah. commute from Jersey to New York in the early stages uh, when he was just going up, mm -hmm. him, Gary, um, his brother, Ryan. I mean, yeah. dude, you're talking about a two-hour commute. They would have to wake up like at 5 a.m. or something like that yeah. just to make it to New York City. Yeah. Spend a couple hours there training. Make sacrifices. Oh, man. But yeah. see, exactly. Look where they are at now. For me, the fight that stood out was the main event more so than anything because I had just listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with Lovato where he talks about what's going on with his brain injury. Yes. I, I won't quote names of what's going on, but if, uh, and even the commentator, when they interviewed at the end said, Hey, if you didn't go, go watch oh, this, yeah, it's good. go listen to the podcast, watch the video yeah. where he describes what's going on and why it. he had to, to, uh, to give up the, uh, the, the middleweight belt in Bellator. Uh, and, and hopefully he comes back, but you know, he's definitely, he's able to do jujitsu, but his, his, uh, brain scan that came back prior to his uh, last fight in, uh, in Brazil, you know, it, it, he's not, he's not going to be able to fight right now. So having listened to that podcast and then seeing him fight, that was the fight that I, number one, enjoyed the most, respected out of all the fighters that were there. And, and even Cyborg mentioned it, I think, uh, you know, it, I, that, that was my favorite, just watching him coming. He's just got engaged, gets this information, then gets engaged, has to give up the belt, and is, still wants to fight, still wants to compete at any level, whatever level he can compete at. Uh, I thought it was amazing. Hats yeah. off to, to Lovato. I'm glad that he stopped. Because I like Lovato too. I think he's an awesome. He's an, he's an animal. He's a beast. He's by far one of the best. He's yeah. up there. But I'm glad he stopped because I wouldn't want to have seen him get hurt in the ring. Mm -hmm. And you know what, man? Listen, the ring fighting is okay. That's fine. But yeah. he's successful. He has oh, a successful sure. academy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to fight. Really? Well, how long are you going to fight anyway? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's... And that's okay. why I think Gordon uh, is not fighting. I think he decided not to fight also anymore. Um, no, I, I think know. he. I think he's yeah. mentioned that at the end there. He, you know, he may wanted or to be, may not. He wanted to be on everybody's news feed in January. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Whatever they want to do. But the but the, the the point is that listen, man, that's a tough. That's a tough. You have a limited sport, amount of time. Man. Yeah, you have a limited and, amount of time. And those brain injuries is tough. Yeah. So shout out to to you, Junior. We're, we're going to put out some of the interviews that you did. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For Had some great interviews yesterday you, morning. Uh, you you talked to the the guy, the crew from Henzo Gracie, I basically. Did. And I don't know if all of them, but most of them donated their some their, of their gate. And their pay-per-view, pay correct? To We Defy, to the We, we, Defy. The we F Defy Foundation. Correct. Who you're also affiliated with. I am correct? an ambassador for them for We okay. Defy. All right. So you know, get that information out there where yeah. combat vets can come in, 
you know, get some jujitsu covered. You, you, did, with a you did some interviews where you, you talked about that. I haven't seen all the video. Uh, you know, I that, did. this just happened yesterday, yeah. so I haven't been able to to look at it yet. But uh, we'll put that out, and you know, that'll be on YouTube and uh, and, and on social media as well. Uh, so we'll put that out. Thank you for doing that, man. Awesome. I really yeah, appreciate for sure. that. Did you have a good time? Yeah, man. It was awesome. Guys. Great interviews. Yeah, great interviews. Like Probably how, spent how it cost yesterday, right? 10, 15 minutes <laughs> with each of them. Yeah, it was great. All right, so so uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, we have. Uh, just a speed round, Freddie, of uh, four questions. These have somewhat evolved over a few episodes, but uh, uh, this will make sense. We're just going to go kind of speed round. Uh, we've all answered this in every guest uh, we ask these questions. So we'll start with the four questions, and I would definitely leave uh, the fourth one to Junior. It's his favorite. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> if you could go back in time, Freddie, what would you tell the white belt you? The moment before you, you stepped on the mat, what's the advice that you'd give yourself? <laughs> that's a tough one it's, it's a tough question some people jump on it and some people have to think about it but um because um again i'm more of the i'm more fatty you know that stoic mindset uh it is what it is things happen for a reason um you know for, for I me did everything I, I, I good. Always, for me i always say if i could go back i would definitely tell myself to take care of my body a little bit more so that i can you know be in the sport, be doing this a whole lot longer. I didn't understand, you know, kind of, you know, the stretching and maybe even doing yoga uh, and just, you know, take, just taking care of myself a little bit better. That That's, that's typically my answer. But um, uh, I worked out. So yeah. I was always that none of that was, um, I don't know. I, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to pass on okay. that one because All I right. don't think I'd change anything. No, not not change, but what advice would you give yourself? You know, we've had guys that say, I was, uh, we had uh, Andres, one of our co-hosts, uh, said, uh, I'd tell myself to learn Portuguese. <laughs> and then some people have said, hey. I've been trying to do know, that since <laughs> I started, bro. <laughs> other people have said maybe, uh, you know, be patient, uh, you know, enjoy the journey, things like that, you know. So, All right, we, we can move on to the next question. So, Ultimate goal. What is your ultimate goal in jujitsu? I mean, obviously you have a black belt. Some of our guests don't. We usually say, other than achieving the rank of black belt, what is your ultimate goal in jujitsu in this world? What would you like to leave behind? To be an amazing instructor and to and to really help out and reach out as many people as I possibly can. Awesome. Uh, whether it's through my academy, whether it's through videos, instructionals, you know, uh, that's why I have my my YouTube channel. I'm constantly putting videos out there. I don't even charge for that because if I can reach out one person, I had a guy fly in from 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 Europe. He's a police officer uh, from Scotland somewhere. Okay, he flew in just to take a class with me because he had seen a video of me. That's awesome. Online, that is awesome, bro. The things that make that, that how that you makes feel me good, feel man. is amazing. Yeah. You know, I, awesome. I have people following me watching this, so yeah. So, you want All right, to here's a question for you. What's the craziest jujitsu-related thing that's happened to you on the mat? What's the craziest? On or off, on or off the mat, the question actually is. <laughs> other than what happened to you, which you've explained, other than what happened, uh, you know, that guy- Farting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a good one. I was doing, we were in a tournament, in a, in a school tournament, and it just happened to be really quiet at that one <laughs> moment when what? the guy goes, <laughs> Do you remember knee on belly. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they just ripped out. 
I wanted to crawl under the guy <laughs> and pull him in. I wanted to stay there for a little bit. I ended up winning that match, by nice, the way. Nice. I beat you. <laughs> that's Hey, I, I think that's happened to everybody. So, yeah. I might have done that maybe shrimping a little too hard. Yeah. Right? Of course, man. <laughs> it comes out. You have... The last time that happened to me, I was rolling. Somebody went neon belly and Professor Sofia uh, uh, Amarante, right? And Janet. Again, one of our uh, one of our. They were next to you. They were standing right there. They were standing. They weren't. They weren't training. I, they were at least in standing position, and I let one rip. Right nice, there, nice. Yeah. I was just like, awesome. just kind of smiled and kept. Oh, actually, going. <laughs> and the other day, I you know how we I I always have grappling shorts under my gi because I'm ready for the no gi. Yeah. I forgot I wasn't wearing him that day. <laughs> and I always take them off in front of everybody. And boom, I pulled them down and everybody's looking at me. In, in your chonies, you're in your chonies. <laughs> Did you have underwear on? Yes, I had underwear okay. on. Okay, okay. And no thong either. Just that for clarification. Been, just for oh, clarification. Yeah. So now I'm going to... Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. You know I got to do my thing. I believe that this is probably the most important question that any of our guests will ever answer, have answered, will ever answer. I just think that this is, this is, you know, uh, it's life-changing for some of our listeners. But uh, go on. Do you wash your belt? No. <laughs> and why? And why? Well, because it shrinks. Okay. <laughs> let me let you know this. I don't wash my belt either. Milton is a because belt washer. He, because his he's belt a, is magic. And he's a proud belt washer. I'm a oh, proud, wow. proud belt. I wash my belt. Okay. Proud belt washer. I, I, I don't see how that would really be a problem if you get an extra size, an extra long belt, and you know you're going to wash it because it really only shrinks the first time you, you put it in a dryer. But after that, it won't shrink anymore. But there's no, a lot of people don't wash it because. No, now you're making stuff up. Yeah, no. You're making stuff up. I didn't even say anything yet. You, you don't have to. People, you know, do you wash or do you not wash you know, it up? Some people say they don't wash because, uh, you know, Jacob the Bull gave yes. the best answer of anybody uh, about why he doesn't wash it. He says he likes that it. It, it shows the training. It's, well, uh, yeah, that's you know, the original. It, yeah, it's like you never wash it when it fades and it breaks and it, it looks rips. old. It's because it's the training. You're a vet. Where other people say they don't wash it because there's uh, mojo. Training. There's mojo. It's the training, the training that's in there. All that and hard working. My Why would you want to take? Hey, it's dirty. I wash it because it Why gets dirty. Why would you want to take all that hard sweat that you've put into training and just mm. wash that it hard, away? That hard training, the staff, the... MRSA, all that, I want to wash it away. It's there. And we actually, this is not an intro. We don't ask the question because of the product. The product came after. The triple thread is a, is a laundry additive, like a fabric softener. I actually put in like a downy ball, and I throw it in with my key and my belt when I want. I usually pile them up for a couple of days, and then I throw them all together. And that's what that triple thread is. It's a, it's a laundry additive. Nice. To, to nice. kill all the germs and the bacteria. Keep washing, so. <laughs> your, keep washing your belt. Keep it up. That's it. That's it, Freddie. That was a couple of hours. Sorry to keep you so long. I mean, Listen, I love it. By. Thank you, Freddie, for, for joining I, us, man. We Thank you guys for having me. We appreciate you coming out. And, you know, listen, come back. You know, uh, let's uh, let's you know do this again one day. But if you ever have anything going on that you want to come and talk about, Something going on in your life, in your academy, when you open that, when you move the new academy, come back. 
come back and talk to us. There's so much that we can uh, still talk about about this subject, about law enforcement, and just jujitsu in general. So we'd love to have you back. Well, and okay? if anybody that's watching and wants me to go teach your police department, just reach out to me, freddytrillo at gmail.com. There you it's go. Pretty simple. And, and as take that. advantage well, of that, folks. Uh, your, your, why don't you give your your Instagram handles, yours and the, and the school? Freddy Trillo. No, actually, Freddy underscore Trillo is my okay. personal. And then you have Trillo Academy. T R I L L O. Trillo, yes. Spell Trillo. Okay. Yes. So Freddie underscore Trillo and then Trillo Academy. Which is or, funny. I have more followers on my personal than I do on my <laughs> academy. Well, that's a good thing. That's a, you know people yeah. do want to get. Is that, that's the business. I want to know. I want to. I want to meet the, the guy. They yeah, want to know the. Person. That's what Hopefully I'm doing. They got a good idea of who you are now. Your yes. mindset. Your philosophy. What you bring to the jujitsu world. We appreciate all your hard work with law enforcement, first responders, mm-hmm. children. Um, thank you so much for opening your doors to me to come train. And again, like you mentioned, Fridays at nine o'clock for law enforcement, stop in and get some training as well. So yeah, thank you, Freddie. Appreciate that. Thank you to Bo behind the camera. Thank Great job Bo. yesterday, uh, filming at the, uh, at the weigh-ins and at the show last night. <laughs> thank you for, for doing what you did yesterday for, uh, my pleasure. uh, putting on your Howard Cosell hat again. Thank you for coming out. You got any shout outs? Shout out go? to... I want to give a special shout out again to my pops. It's uh, 75th birthday tomorrow. And Jacob, awesome meeting you last night. You put on a show. I, I, I think that that was the best fight in my mind. Uh, super aggressive. Um, just uh, amazing. And, uh, I, I, you know, we introduced him to a, another event organizer. And uh, hopefully he's going to come back out. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, good to see you. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. You know, check us out, share. You got something else? Yep, I got a shout out. I was in uh, Virginia last week. Okay. In Fredericksburg, to be specific. So thank you to Dave and his team at High Road BJJ. For okay. opening up their doors. Very cool. Taught a couple moves over there. Yeah, so, so that you, you taught him a little neon neck yeah, that they bit. were excited yeah, about. That's my cyborg <laughs> move. I, I got that from him. <laughs> and one last shout out. Go ahead. I'll never hear the end of it. Marlene, my wife, love you. <laughs> awesome. We'll leave Us. it there, guys. I'm out. Thank you for listening, guys. Us. Peace out. Woo-hoo. We're out. See you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you, brother. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. I hope you Thank enjoy you. yourself. Thank you, Freddie, guys. Yeah. For awesome. Awesome.